You're listening to Around Comics, episode 241, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and Netflix. I love it. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week a revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is normally recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, but this week we are coming to you from our second home, Challengers Comics and Conversation, oh, located at 1845 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you are in the area, please drop by. On a daily basis. Every, every Wednesday and maybe twice on Fridays, right? Always that works, that works for <laughs> Hey there, folks. Uh, Chris Trenisman here. Let me get you introduced to this week's panel. It's, uh, I don't want to call you all B-listers, but... Uh, I don't, I don't consider myself a B-list. <laughs> maybe in your mind, pal. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this podcast. We're too good for your normal show. Exactly. Want to speak Bill O'Reilly against Terry Gross on Fresh Air, man? It's, it's a very special around comics. Uh, I was scared. I was a scam. Okay. <laughs> Sal is uh, Sal is uh, still out of town. Or I actually, I think he just got back from Vegas. Tom is uh, probably at home drowning his sorrows after the Cubs just uh, won the game because the Brewers walked in the winning run in the bottom of the tenth Why? inning. First place teams don't do that, Tom. I'm very surprised. <laughs> gotta, I got to gloat when I can as the Cubs continue their plummet, but not for today. Yeah, but uh, but Tom may be back uh, later tonight, which will be next week's show. So Tom will we'll be back. And then Sal, we just don't know where he is. He going he's, to he's wandering the, the earth he's, like Kung, like Kane and Kung Fu. He is. He David Carradine passed away, so now I, he's taking up the, the man. What is this two drink minimum? You speak everybody of? check your hotel closet to find Sal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's walking walking the earth. Oh, that's bad. I just Got or, or the bathtub full of ice with the, his kidney missing or something. God forbid. I'm sure you're fine, Sal. Well, our uh, our guest this week uh, making up this panel, uh, first of all, the, uh, the one of the owner-operators of Challengers Comics, Mr. Patrick Brower. Hey, everybody. Uh, next is a longtime friend of the show and uh, a fantastic artist whose work has appeared in Nixon's Pals, uh, Elephant Man, the uh, recently uh, released Marvel, uh, Mystery Mar- Comics. Marvel Mystery Comics. Awesome. Did <laughs> call it number one? Awesome. Issue. I don't know if the, well, thank you. I was I was waiting for for Neesman to, to search for the words. It's funny seeing the panic on his face. And what's sad is that I did draw a blank, and I own a page of yeah. the book. <laughs> Um, and Get in line, brother. <laughs> yeah, I know you own a very nice page. I mine's better. Featured prominently too in the comic book podcast companion. Yes. By tomorrow, so I yeah. had like my own page on that thing. Yes, for, for for your twenty four hour comic. Yes, pretty neat. Oh, I thought that was part of the don't ever have as a guest as oh. <laughs> what, not, what not to do on a podcast. <laughs> we, we've all learned that. We've Chris all Burnham. learned that. <laughs> and then uh, then of course, Mister uh, Mister John Suntress. Hi. You all know me from such films as uh, The Decapitation of Leadfoot Larry and Alice Through the Windshield Glass. And if you listen to Word Balloon, then you certainly <laughs> know John. That? That's Troy no McClure. Idea. Those are Troy McClure movies from The Simpsons mm. when he's uh, when Homer has to go to driving school. I'm Troy McClure. <laughs> the Decapitation of Leadfoot Larry. That's where my that's where my <laughs> Alice Through the Windshield Glass. And that's where my uh, <laughs> it's funny because I don't know him line comes from is from that episode when when he's watching the the driving school uh, uh, drinking. 
drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah the drinking and driving. Yeah, don't drink and, and drive. Yeah, right. and, the, and people are you know running into each other and dying horrific deaths. And Homer's cracking up. He's like, it's funny because I don't know him. But uh, <laughs> Phil Hartman, poor Phil Hartman. <laughs> anyway, uh, before we get uh, rolling here, uh, uh, first of all, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by InStockTrades.com, and uh, InStockTrades uh, is uh, your source for trade paperbacks, collected editions, archives, essentials, archives, omnibus Art editions, absolute editions, all that collected stuff, all at great discounted prices, and all orders, and this is where they get you. All orders over $50 ship for free, and so I always go there, and I'm like, Thirty-four ninety-five. Let me see here. And okay, one more and one, and or maybe two in the case. Yeah, of and then it's and then it's seventy bucks, and they got me. I'm like, oh, they got me again. Free but, shipping, uh, though. But yeah, it's uh, it's a great discounted uh, collected edition service, and uh, and the folks there are great, and they are right now for our book club selection. They are even further discounting the Justice League International Volume One, uh, which normally retails. I think it's. Uh, is it seventeen ninety nine? And it's a uh, discounted forty seven percent off the cover price for a phenomenal nine dollars and fifty four cents. Under ten dollars. Under ten dollars for that. Is that and Giffen and Demand? Is that the first uh, yeah, Giffen it's, and Demand? Yep, yep, it's the first of the Bwahaha. And we'll be talking about that in probably within the next month. Okay. I, I would say so. Cool. So pick that up and uh, and read along, and we'll have our book club episode here in a few weeks. Are you going to their big ass uh, sale next weekend? You know, I want to. As we I record don't, this, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. That's going to be in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at the Discount Comic Book Service Home Store, their brick and mortar store, and they've got their 10th anniversary sale, and it's like 90 percent off. Books that have dings and dents in them. Yeah, yeah, 10 cent back issues. Patrick is just rolling over on, and dying I'm on sorry, the floor buddy. here. I <laughs> want to point out that. But, uh, well, this is for people in the Indiana. Regardless of how much you spend at Challengers, there are no handling fees whatsoever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you don't charge people for the handling. That is correct. No. All right. There's it's, handling involved. I was going to say, but, but, you, but your brand of handling is probably different than what your average customer yeah, well, expects. Most people charge for my brand of handling. <laughs> um <laughs> We talked about the podcast companion coming up. Our next recording on Friday, July 17th at Dark Tower, we'll be having our uh, comic book podcast companion post release party, okay. and, se- and se- <laughs> sev- several of the uh, several of the uh, comic book podcasts that are in the book are going to be at the store, and and we'll be doing that. That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. I wanted to uh, I wanted to point out another thing that's happening in the Chicago area. It's a museum exhibit that's going on until uh, the beginning of September, and mm-hmm. it's a great way to plan a trip to Chicago. You come to Challengers, you check out the store, you come over and uh, check out wh- what we do, but also. You make a chance, or you, you stop over to Elmhurst because at the Elmhurst uh, Historical Museum, uh, which is in downtown Elmhurst, right off the Metro stop, in fact, so there is even a train that is literally half a block away from the museum itself. They are doing the drawn-out history of comic books. Uh, it's until September fifth, and it's this great two-floor exhibit of original art, amazing displays, and um, an archive uh, film from like the mid seventies. That Doug Clabo, my buddy who's uh, known for his work on the Phantom for Moonstone mm-hmm. and is Superpowers. currently working on Superpowers for Dynamite, um, he, he had this, uh, this 16 millimeter film. They transferred it onto a DVD and have a big screen constantly running. And it's this 15 minute movie from the mid 70s narrated by Stan Lee, and it features professionals from DC and Marvel talking about the books they were currently working on. And you've got Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams working on the Superman versus Muhammad Ali book. You've got Archie Goodwin and Stan Lee poring over sketches and photographs 
of a model dressed as the human fly, because they were about to mount that book. And uh, if you'll pardon the expression, burn them, because I know where your dirty <laughs> mind goes, you oh, I, dirty man. I'm, I'm, I'm was, it, was, there seven, was, was there free handling whenever they mounted that book? <laughs> yes. 17-year-old Trevor Von Eden, uh, the original co-creator of Black Lightning with uh, Tony Isabella, and uh, Jim Steranko talking about his uh, great crime graphic novel, uh, Chandler or Red Tide, depending on uh, who you talk to. That's Those are the two titles it was under. And his footage is shot in black and white. And totally on this set, which I believe is his studio, because I've always heard this about his workplace, it looks like a 1930s private eyes office. And Jim is totally <laughs> dressed Stranko, up. That's got awesome. The, got the uh, old crow, fifth of old crow, sitting next to him. And, and stripe old... shoot, just uh, vertical shadow lines across everything. Hilarious. Does he have the, the, whole, is the whole office like scaled to like 75% so it looks like the size of a normal <laughs> dude? <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, and that he looks like he's a uh, power forward for the NBA. Exactly. No, no. They just set him up near the front. You know, <laughs> it's so. a forced perspective. But it's, but it's called The Drawn Out History of Comics, and really it's very cool um there are interactive things for kids you can uh, trace over uh, sketches and make your own pictures of spider-man and some of the other characters and then also they have time elapsed footage of jill thompson doug clauba and bill reinhold sketching at their oh, home I thought, studios. I thought it was going to be time-lapse footage of them. They're growing older. Yes, exactly. There's Jill Thompson whenever she was six. Oh, and she was no. <laughs> no. No, but it's really cool. And you see them, like, you know, drawing incredibly fast. And you see them just drawing these amazing sketches. And tons of original art. Very, very cool. Awesome. So, awesome. so, so check it out. And uh, I'll, I'll provide a link at, uh, at my website. Yeah, I think, uh, I, it may even be on the event page at Around Comics. Good. We may have, have put it Excellent. there. Excellent. Right. And I brought you a poster if you want, Patrick. Oh, yeah, definitely honestly, put it cool. John, your website is challengerscomics.com. That, that is correct. That is correct. I think that so. is correct. I thought it was so. chrisburnham.com. Yeah, yeah, that is correct. Good Lord. Yes. Where's the bell? I'm everywhere. All right. Last little thing before we get uh, rolling here, because I always forget to uh, say who the featured music is. Uh, today is uh, Whiskey Town. Which, if you are uh, familiar with, to with, them all day, with Ryan Adams, yes, I was I was twittering about that, and it got a, a, a hearty response. Jason Latour and uh, Chris Somney's wife Laura uh, are apparently also big whiskey That's town a hearty fans. Response. All right. And there, mean, were, there were several <laughs> other people. <laughs> maybe four. I, I was for like, me, it's hard. Chris is listening to Whiskey Town. Oh, very yeah, nice. so Did I, you I, start I listening to them just because there's whiskey in their name? You know, those were some of the responses, is that people were like, that. Uh, that's very fitting for you, Chris. Because I am nice. a fan of whiskey as well. I, so I do I, like the whiskey. I like going to Whiskey Town. I don't mm-hmm. know about anyway. So um, it's, been, God, it's been like a month since since I recorded, so I'm a little rusty here. Gotta gotta got to shake it out All there right, and, uh, and, get, and get, get rolling. Um, so one why don't you guys um, uh, lift me up here, and so I don't have to talk for a couple minutes? What have you guys been reading that uh, that has caught your attention that you would like to talk about? Well, I, I brought up a bunch of books, and if you want, I can just pick one and we can go around and sure, come back. Sure, Laura. Uh, I want to start with uh, Greek Street, which uh, came out from Vertigo this week, only a dollar, and it's got to be I lo- a, is I it love, forty pages. I love here. I am ta- talking already. I love that Vertigo is doing that yeah, with I, their their introductory issues. I too issues. want to applaud their decision to do that because Unwritten mm-hmm. has sold through the roof because of that, and most of those people came back for number two because it's still a good book. And Greek Street, we already had a reorder more number one just because it's almost gone for the week. It just came out two days ago. And you got another one coming up here real soon, uh, Jeff Lemire's Sweet Tooth. Oh, Sweet yes, Tooth is going to be sweet excellent. Tooth. Yeah, the previews on that look phenomenal. The soon Nobody hardcovers next week. Soon to be on uh, Word Balloon, Jeff Lemire. Oh, awesome. Uh, he's been very kind. You just talk hockey with Jeff and you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some studying, but I'll, yeah. but I'll manage. This is a great book, though, and I, and I highly recommend it to fans of 100 Bullets that are wondering 
what they're going to do to sate their crime hunger until the Vertigo graphic novels come out. Uh, the two, uh, Ian Rankin and uh, Brian Azzarello has uh, his oh, as well. Oh, definitely. Filthy Rich for his. Yeah, Filthy Rich. And I forget what Ian Rankin's uh, Hellblazer book is mm-hmm. called, but it's they advertising. They here. didn't put Hellblazer in the title, so I think a lot of people are going to miss out knowing that that's actually a Hellblazer book. We'll see. It's the good news, though, is it, it is Ian Rankin, and man, he's he's got mm-hmm. quite a following. He's a wonderful crime novelist. Yeah. Well, ta- talking about the Somnies, uh, Chris and uh, Christos Gage uh, doing a Vertigo. Oh, crime Gage wrote that one? Uh, the He's one got, that Chris, yeah, I and I, I believe that. I believe that's been uh, announced. Dark Entries is uh, the Ian Rankin uh, Hellblazer uh, book, but yeah, uh, nice. Greek Street is amazing. Mm-hmm. Dark uh, Entries sounds like game four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but it but it is <laughs> doesn't everything sound like game porn to you? Exactly. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. Dirty so. young man, animal man. I mean, right <laughs> Speaks there. For well, you'll love Greek Street then because Bl- there's Bl- tons Bl- of nudity and uh, graphic stuff, and uh, in a lot of ways, they are uh, modern takes on a lot of the classic Greek. Uh, tragedies and legends, but uh, told in a very modern crime style. And uh, David Gianfelice, I'm guessing might be the or, uh, Dave, or David, Sorry, David Gianfelice. Let's say that might be his name, but uh, has a wonderful style and uh, it's uh, hardcore nudity and uh, and really cool, real cool crime stuff. And it really acts as. A, uh, a, pro- a prologue to the entire series. As and much as I hate judging things by saying, oh, it's this meets this, but I, I kind of was pitching it as 100 Bullets meets Fables because yeah. it takes the, the classics, really? the, the Greek story, um, you know, the Greek fables, well, you know, the Greek uh, mythology, mythology, and puts it into a crime setting like John said. Yeah. No, it's it's fantastic, and, and being Greek, I was curious about it, but I uh, heard Peter talking about it at the New York Con, and uh, I know that uh, Karen Berger was very excited about the series as well, and I spoke to her about it, and that's why I was thrilled to finally pick it up. And just as you said, Patrick, The Unwritten is another great example of that. I, I really think Vertigo is is firing on all cylinders, and it's smart to do this size book for a dollar. It gets people excited, and it's a satisfying first read. It will definitely tell you after reading this for only a dollar whether you want to continue the series or not, and it's a great value and a and great way to start to. a series. You want to keep I think you will. I like seeing comic book companies lower the cost of comics. It's hard sometimes to fall for the hype because everybody promotes everything as if it's the best new thing ever. They have to. And you can't always fall for that. So even, like, there's going to be some misses in the dollar thing coming up eventually, probably. Just a lot of averages. There has to be. Sure. But so far, they're they're doing it right. And even so far as, like, Young Liars was going to be the next big Vertigo book that was going to carry us through, you know, the one that sold the most and had people coming in and buying all the trades at one time. But now it stops at 18. But there definitely there there've been a lot of vertigo misses and vertigo books are the best mainstays for trade sales over time, and it looks like the, they've got a couple more on their plate, which is great. Yeah, it, it, with vertigo for those you know those really nice, and I don't even know what the numbers were on hundred bullets, but I mean that was a very complicated story, but it was pretty straightforward noirish crime and in vertigo sometimes i mean they're, they they're very um uh they're very good at putting out books that that have a lot of layers to them they're you know you really have to keep up with them they're very complex stories and and sometimes that's 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 hard for you know a lot of comic fans to to feel like they have to invest Investor themselves time. that's yeah. the exact word doug's going to use yeah. you know there's only so many sandmans that that come along in a hundred bullets really did turn out to be this wonderful dense satisfying novel oh, yeah. and, and i mean that's you know and that's really lucifer you can sandman certainly yeah, I mean, lucifer is on such a resurgence now too it's selling right now it's selling better than sandman for us interesting and more people really? are just discovering it for the first time and people who don't I got a bartender over at Lago, Robert, who doesn't really read comics. He reads Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And Lucifer was something that he picked himself 
and just blew through all 11 trades. And oh, that's it. great. I wow. loved it, yeah. Well, Mike Carey is probably the best writer that few the fewest amount of people really know about and really can appreciate his work because I do think he is as good as as all of the great Vertigo writers. I, and, I really enjoyed his Hellblazer run. Yeah, and I mean, and I and Lucifer, of course, and now you know doing great work on the X books for Marvel. But uh, and Peter Milligan's another guy like mm-hmm. that too. His Human Target was such a great series for Vertigo, and that's another uh, series that is collected now. Yeah, so I think I think, I think both those guys definitely fall into the um, underrecognized. And yeah. ain't there you know a, a lot of folks out there that maybe get a little bit too much hype? And and those are those are guys that, that, that don't definitely get enough. Yeah. don't get don't get enough. I think uh, Joe Kelly. Um, oh, was Joe one of those guys. Sure. Joe Kelly yeah. having the most amazing year. Well, I think uh, he was know. one of those guys, but I think people are, are starting to realize that Joe Kelly is is the real deal. Oh, yeah. That's, he's starting to turn into a guy that people look for, I think. Well, Milligan had a lot of promise and a lot of hype back in the day, then he disappeared for a while, mm-hmm. and his stuff was kind of, except for like uh, uh, X-Force, Ecstatics. Oh, man, right? his stuff was great. Uh, then he, he just, his output decreased and the quality decreased, but now that he's back, he's doing, he's doing Hellblazer right now, which is the best it's been in quite a while. I agree with mm-hmm. that. No offense to Andy Diggle. Um, it's it's super accessible. It's the the sales. Our club numbers have tripled in the last couple uh, issues with that. So that's that's, cool. that's fantastic. And you know he's got Greek Street and he's doing uh, something else too that I can't think of. Yeah, I can't either. Actually, if only I worked at a comic he, store. <laughs> who, well, who's writing the unwritten? Isn't he writing? Uh, the, no, that's my carry. Oh, that that's is my carry. Yeah. Um, is it is it one of the Vertigo time? Is it the not unwritten? Is the Christopher Robin kind of yes. pastiche? Yes. Okay. Because there, yeah, he did announce another book at. Uh, there's, a, but I mean, it's good to see him okay. back on form. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of, um, um, speaking of Diggle, you looking forward to the switchover on Daredevil? Yeah, is, is I he, think so. Yeah, I, yeah. In, time for you know new direction. Is I, he going to take it in a different direction? I haven't seen any. I don't of the, think he yeah, is. No, no, he's actually rooting it firmly in the middle of Dark Reign, so it's going to be a lot more Marvel Universe, a lot more superheroy. Really? Okay. And I was worried because they had they announced Roberto De La Torre as the uh, as the artist and. They've announced him as the artist on a lot of things that just never follow through. But the pages they've shown, mm-hmm. it looks like he's the love child of Michael Lark and Alex Maleev. Oh, wonderful. And wow. So the, pa- the pages so look keeping, great. Yeah. They're keeping the tone that's there. That's huge. Yeah, it looks like it. But, the, but they're rooting it deep he, in the Marvel U? He is now, Norman Osborn goes after him because he's an unlicensed hero. And his one-shot Daredevil of the, the list... list Leads directly into what they're doing on their. I, I can run. I can see Daredevil being you know a really big high profile, a really yeah. big important target. Yeah, as you as know, Osborne you know, continues Captain to Cynicism, take over the I have to world. disagree because I, I must tell you that once again, and it was reinvigorated for me by the last few books that I've gotten from Marvel for the last two weeks. Dark Reign is a very good event that works it's not for everyone. It's not an event. Well, then a good status quo. It's a, it's that, the, it's, yeah. And and, I, and I'll, if you're being, I don't know if you're teasing when no, you say it's not an event. No, I, no, I'm being absolutely. It's, okay, it's, not, it's not an event. I, I think it. I think it works as a general Marvel Universe idea yeah. that each book can plug into and find its way. And I don't know how uh, Andy's Diggle's going to be because on the one hand, I love things like the Losers and some of his harder uh, edge stuff, but then. I wasn't a big fan of his Green Arrow Year One. I have to be honest. I, I thought I that was it. fun. I didn't really care that much for his Thunderbolts. Okay, I mean that's the thing. So I mean I, I am I am optimistic, and I certainly will be on, be on for the ride. And nine out of ten times, I do like Andy stuff. But uh, the losers, we'll see. losers, still one of my favorite all time. Oh, yeah. comics. amazing, incredible. Yeah. My my worry about the Dark Reign thing is if when you make Norman Osborn the villain in every book. 
Like only only one guy gets to beat him. Yeah, like see, you've got, you're you've right. Got, you've got thirty monthly comics with the same villain. The whole point it's, of the, the Punisher series is he's him down. The whole point of the brand new Moon Knight series is Moon Knight comes to hunt him down, and none of them are going to do it. Yeah. And now they're saying, oh, Captain America being reborn. It's Captain America. I'm not this good. No, no, you, no, no. It's it's going to be it's going to be Peter. It has to be. It Peter. has to be Peter. If it's not it's, Peter, it's horribly disappointing. Well, yeah. again, I just think the shades of what we're seeing in the... And maybe because I'm, I'm focusing a lot, mm-hmm. too, on, on uh, Bendis' books, like Dark Avengers, New Avengers, and... Uh, Dark Avengers, I had so little hope for, and it was really good up to... Like, the first four issues were great. The newest issue... I still like ba- it. Back to the same meandering, oh, look, it's a Marvel Boy cover, and he's not even in the book at all. He's mentioned <laughs> as, as being missing... Uh, yeah, but it, but it is that kind of dramatic but, device where everyone is talking about Marvel Boy and it's coming. It's so true. I but, understand what you're saying, but I would also point out that this is being written for a trade, and this issue, like but, I said, but they're I'm all not talking buying about it Marvel as a trade, Boy. and that bothers me. That's and fair. the last two issues, the Dark Avengers haven't really been in it. There was a two page spread where they fought amongst themselves, which was great, and I want more of. I absolutely love Hawkeye. I think he's such a great character. Oh, Bullseye is Hawkeye is very he, cool. He's. Um, He's great in his own book. He's better in Deadpool, and he's even better than that in the Electra book. This mm-hmm. from last week. Man, that stuff is so good. Zeb Wells writes him as such a mean badass, but such he very minimal dialogue, but the dialogue is just cutting. And by the way, that another good uh, miniseries from Diggle. I like what he's doing with uh, with Bullseye Sakai in that but series. That, that each issue gets less good to me. I, well, but Dark Avengers, I'll disagree and say that the most recent issue to me, what I loved was the whole idea of wish fulfillment. If you haven't read it, uh, there's a force of Atlanteans that are attacking, and Norman, I just, and, and maybe because I wasn't a big Thunderbolts reader, but I like the idea of, of how do villains approach a superhero problem, yeah. and how do they solve it. And, and I liked Norman's, and there's certainly a, his solution where there's a definite line <laughs> to wish fulfillment on the war on terror in terms of wipe them all out except for one guy, and the one guy that's left, we're going to torture the shit out of him and, and make his, his life and leave him as an example of you don't fuck with us. And I love that. I think that's great. The it's a, it's before, a great universe spin on the war on terror. The issue before ended with the giant Atlantean invasion yes. in L.A. yes. This issue starts. Oh, it's over, and they were just retreated. Like what were they? Well, were see, they attacking? Well, I thought, I thought it the, started with uh, them setting up. Okay, you're going to take care of it. They they yeah, set the but, century. But they dispatched the century. But, to he, get away. but the invasion already. Like they just came, wreaked havoc, and took off. Mm-hmm. They weren't terrorizing anymore. They had gone away. This is this is why I don't call it an event, and it's really just kind of a status quo for the uh, for the universe. Is that you don't pick up uh, Dark Reign number one and say continued in Captain it, America? It's not, yeah, you don't go you know, from and then continued this one. in Amazing Spider-Man. It's basically the status quo for the Marvel universe. It just, yeah. it just is there. There's, no, I agree. There, and and so you know whenever 39 Marvel books drop in one week I, I I didn't buy any of them because I didn't know where I could jump into any of the books that were out there I know a lot of them were probably self-contained it's yeah, can it's, I just say we did better this past week than we did that week with 39 Marvel it's books it's overwhelming yeah well and the only other thing I will say is that I'm, I've just begun a new uh, Bendis Tapes mm-hmm. session and uh, I made sure to ask him. I said, "How long is the status quo going to last?" And he said, "There is an end in mind." And I and I have a feeling, while he wouldn't commit to a, a date, I am guessing early 2010. And there's something that yeah. he said right away was the second Norman got into power, the clock started ticking as to when it was going to end. So though he's oh, always on a decline. So at least I yeah. feel more than ever they have a they have a, a an end game. Or, or, yeah. And, but to Marvel's credit, they haven't billed this as an event. 
Yes, it's just, right. it's a status, yeah, status quo. It's well, a status. God, they didn't I, put out I a mean, checklist. I mean, they put dark rain on the top of every book they put out. That's event E. <laughs> that's it's true. The, yeah, it's the, it's well, event why, E, yeah. but but they're not billing it as. It's a marketing tool, and it gets people mm-hmm. like, do you have, like the first dark rain? I don't even know what the answer to that question is, man. I don't. That 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 <laughs> would well, that would that, that, that would be um, civil war. No, what? yeah, that would that no, would be the, uh, the that would be the scroll what, uh, secret invasion. Whatever the last issue of that was, Dark Reign one. Well, but I, I would say it's that Malieve Dark that Rain, is but Cabal. Yeah. yeah, the Cabal issue is really where it starts. Where With Norman the, is the like Phil Collins Submariner. Yeah. yeah. Now you see, I, and I said he looked like uh, if Bruce Willis and Robert De Niro had a bald baby. Because <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. I know everyone everyone shits on Malieve for that look. The one thing I wanted to, to see do? for this whole event was I want Hawkeye to start dressing as Bullseye and going saving kittens <laughs> out of trees and helping the ladies across the street. Nice, yeah. Because th- that's better than going on TV saying, hey, they're jerks. Like, no. Take away everything Bullseye's earned well, and see what happens. I think there have been incredible conversations of a lucid Norman Osborn, a calculating Norman Osborn. I like, uh, there's always room for a new master criminal in my world. Mm-hmm. And I think I never thought of Norman that way. He was always a Spidey villain, right? And yeah, yeah and always kind of Lex Luthor. And yeah, he is Lex Luthor. He is yeah. the Marvel Universe's Lex Luthor. I it's got no green problem with and purple. It. And and I think it's <laughs> exactly. I think it's interesting. And I love. Uh, we mentioned Joe <laughs> Kelly. I love American Sun right now in Amazing Spider. Oh, it's really good. It's mm-hmm. an although I got to be honest. As soon as I saw that armor, I thought it's Flash Thompson, war hero. Can't use his legs anymore. It doesn't have his legs. Put him in the suit. He's the new American oh, hero. You, you, pr- you might be right. And but uh, well, I didn't read number. Four. I didn't need to read. No, it's not. Play. It's Harry. Oh, it is. Yeah, it, it, okay. it's, it's been Harry from. Spoiler. Well, he did not, say. <laughs> but it's, it's been. They said it was Harry from issue one of that story. Oh, okay. So it's it's they're not deviating. But mm-hmm. I thought I thought like oh man, wh- this is your poster child for the American Son storyline. But no, wounded it's not. vet comes back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Seems like you're lucky if it ever changed from red to green. Well, I was born in an abundance of inherited sadness And 50 cent picture frames bought at a five and dime I ended up a soldier on a weekend Looking for a vacancy I was able to find Marvel does have an event right now that is really kick-ass. The War of Kings. War of Kings is does that, phenomenal. Does that? How, so, what books are co- uh, going into that? It's Guardians of the Galaxy and, and Nova. What else? Nova. Guardians so of the Galaxy, does, Nova, and then how does it a work? miniseries called Ascension. I've been thinking. I've never read a and crossover that works. There's. I've, I can't. There's this, never this, been a crossover the, in the see, history of comics that's worked. This actually. This actually works pretty well because I'm only reading two of the two of the books. I'm mm-hmm. reading the War of Kings miniseries and I'm reading Guardians of the Galaxy. What happened to Nova? Uh, I read Nova in trade. Okay. Actually, I read it in hardcover. Okay. Um, so I'm not reading not reading Nova. Don't feel like I've missed anything. There's another one called um, uh, War of Kings Ascension. It was, first it was Darkhawk, then it was Ascension became the Darkhawk, the reason behind Darkhawk in the mystery. And, and they kind of allude that there's bigger story there. They kind of show you the tip of the iceberg in, uh, in War of Kings as to what their motivation is. It's not absolutely integral to the story. What's nice about it is that this is pretty much, is it all being written by... Abnett and Lanning? Do they do? Are they doing all the War Kings titles? Um, no. They're like, there's one coming out this week called Warriors. I don't think it's them. But I mean, it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty single minded in its direction. If you read, the, if whenever the War Kings miniseries comes out in trade, pick it up. It's a really fun Marvel cosmic. And it's like, gorgeous. It's Paul Pelletier in the art. Oh, uh-huh. it's yes. is, that, is that how you say it, Pelletier? Yeah, Pelletier. Yeah. 
He's, so he's great. If you uh, if you like the uh, the Burn Claremont era cosmic X Men mm-hmm. with the the all Dark Phoenix stuff, you'll dig this. It, it's it's all about the Shi'ar and the Kree. If you're an Inhumans fan, issue really number one of War of Kings is one of the most brutal books I've read this whole year because yeah. nonstop action, ridiculously high body count, things you can't go back from. Amazing. How does can you just read? Guardians of the Galaxy in the most yeah, recent yeah. issue it says to be continued in War of Kings number three and then come back for Guardians of the Galaxy whatever and it's that sort of thing it's it it works fine on a week to week basis as you're mm-hmm. like if you're following all that stuff your brain can handle it but next year if I want to sit down think and about read it like it, this you can't read it, you can it, never read a crossover it's a space opera and it operates like a soap opera you can pick it up <laughs> and it doesn't take long to get the gist of it tuesdays it, and thursdays are one story monday wednesday friday are a different yeah. arc you you can you, <laughs> you can, you can be reading umbrella. you can be reading just nova you can read just guardians you can read just the war of kings it's all just fun marvel cosmic it's it's really really and good stuff chris i think you're doing it right i mean i think war of kings is the best guardians is a great great book mm-hmm. nova's a good book too but if you had to pick one of those ongoings Guardians is the one. Guardians. Guardians Absolutely. and Captain Britain are two of my favorite books that Marvel is doing, and they just Love came Captain out of nowhere mm-hmm. and with no hype and no no uh, ceremony or circumstance at all. And, and one suddenly, of them lived. And one of them lived. <laughs> well, and, and so far, you got to you got to hand it to Bill Roseman, who's been editing this stuff. It took over for Andy Schmidt after he started mm-hmm. um, the first event, and I'm blanking. Annihilation. Uh, Annihilation. Thank which you. were all great. Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest. I I love those. Love. Yeah. Those. This is this is I consider this Annihilation three. Yeah. yeah the, oh, it's, absolutely. It's, it's Act three. It's Act Three and, of of all that, and that's great. I, I you know I think both of the big two has have gotten their big mm-hmm. uh, space opera corners of their universe. You know they're 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 doing very well. I mean each each one of them is good stuff right now. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, Mr. Barnum. Uh, let's see. Uh, both Batman and Robin two and Savage mm-hmm. Dragon one fifty absolutely <laughs> blew me away. Yeah, they me. were great for a hundred pages for six five ninety nine yeah. and. One one reprint. It was uh, Savage Dra- Savage Dragon Zero and and a Daredevil reprint too that no one's ever read. Before. Oh yeah, <laughs> go, yeah, go <laughs> the Golden Age. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, Love Gleason yeah, uh, story. Yeah, Daredevil uh, and 18, the little, I guess the, the little wise guys were they in there too? Uh, a little, bit. a little bit, not okay. so much. Well, that's good because that's the best kind of Daredevil is when those little <laughs> shit aren't around there. quite. Yeah, and that <laughs> story is fucking crazy. It's really some goofy shit. When Eric was here, it's a little mini trade for six bucks. Yeah, seriously, that guy knows what value is. You know. Uh, so much fun. But when he was here back in May for Free Comic Day, he was just finishing up that, and he was trying to decide. He said, you know, I want to make it another 100 page. But it was going to be like 64 pages, but I want to do 100. Like, do it. He's like, well, there'll be a reprint. like, do it. Just do it. Yep. It'll be fun. And I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but... Push him over the edge, cool man. Take, hey, shit, take credit yeah. for it, man. You know, he could have <laughs> rounded out with photos from his Free Comic Day event here at Challengers, but apparently it chose <laughs> not to. Happen. But there were, there were like four jaw-dropping... Moments in that <laughs> the book. holy shit moments yeah, yeah. holy sh- like the great thing about Savage Dragon is that Eric Larson has one hundred percent control over that so when he, oh it's his so when he kills those people they are never coming back never in some sort of stupid back. fake out like he killed some great he killed some great characters unless he really issue. wants to and then he can yeah but he's not going he to doesn't yeah, do he, that. he doesn't and literally once he kills dead them they're out of his mind yeah yeah that is dead just, I mean just jaw dropping and then like. That that weird when like when that blob guy ate him and then like turned into him, I kind of thought that was a toss off sort of thing. But man, that's coming back in a really I see, weird way. I thought way. that was just going to be a way to oh he can read. That's why he's not because the whole part of that issue was oh you're in your forties now, dragon. Your body's going to start slowing down. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, nope, he's young and rejuvenated again. 
No. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with it. <laughs> but, you know, it's cool because if you go back to, what, probably issue 147 was kind of the a great jumping on point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The... the it was the right before the free comic book day issue. Yeah, I, yeah. I, so one forty seven, and then jump forward, and and you're right into the middle of of Dragon's universe again. He really does a good job of making jump on points all the time, but people don't seem to pick it up. Dragon is doing better for us now after free comic day because of the free comic oh, sure. issue. But it's not doing what it used to do, and I don't mean here. I mean like. It's numbers oh, yeah. all across the board. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, but you know, it, but, it deserves but he, to be. But he's back to doing it on a regular schedule. So I think yeah. Dragon's numbers will 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 increase. Let's and, hope. And it, he's always going to do that. But but hey, I want to talk about uh, Batman and Robin too because oh, boy. Uh, just about a perfect comic. That comic, <laughs> real that Frank Quitely. Oh, he's can so good. Draw the shit out of some comics. It's just so sad. He's only doing the first three, and then he's gone for six uh, months, and then yeah, back for I three think, more. I think you just gotta rejoice in what you get. When when you're dealing with a guy that his, good. his storytelling, his layouts, the the full page splash when they're going down the uh, That's the, the stairwell, oh my god, the way their bodies are arced, oh my god, and, and when they were the landing on that roof and how, oh my god, just the specificity of how that dude handles time because Robin was ahead of Batman, so Robin's cape is already collapsing, but Batman's is it's still, still out and below. Oh my yeah. god! Although I will say to bust his balls for two panels in the whole book, there's like there's two parts in the book where his Specificity fails him, shall we say? When uh, when Robin's fighting that big, fat man fat. woman, <laughs> there's there's one panel where it's very unclear how exactly she got or he she got the drop on Robin. I and think just because the way her body he. swung around, he <laughs> yeah, I guess his, his yeah. arm. I just want to call him the fat lady, like it's a bearded uh, lady from a show, though. Well, yeah, but uh, what's the what's the name? It's like a big, big, big top or something like oh. that. It's uh, yeah. It, well, what, when crazy they, cast of see, like it should have been Herm like Herman Herm Aphrodite that's what it should have been <laughs> but, you know, there, I think yeah. just the way that his body because of the motion just like he can't stop and the arm just came around like a club and nailed him yeah that's that's when I think but that I had to interpret sometimes a speed line is helpful but uh, quietly so good he doesn't use them when he doesn't have to but I mm-hmm. think I feel I'm, like that panel he should have and the last panel was kind of a clusterfuck, but whatever. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed with his art for this series because it's a lot scratchier and rougher than it usually is. Well, it's a Batman book. But, I, you know, I, I was... I, compare it to All-Star Superman. It's a Batman book. It, it looks yeah, like it's I, not I, as finished to me, and I was I willing to accept that, thinking that this is... Because it's, it's looser. And I was willing to accept that, thinking that's what we had to, to, to deal with because he's going to be doing a monthly book, but then to find out he's not doing it. Yeah. Have they announced who, who's yeah, drawing? Yeah, it's, it's Philip Tan for the three after okay. this, and then uh, Fraser Irving for three. Nice. And then back okay. to... Well, if Fraser Irving's going to be... Are there going to be any, like, really whacked-out pilgrims? Maybe albinos. Does that count? Albi- <laughs> whacked-out I- albino pilgrims. Well, Fraser Irving is drawing the first issue of Days Missing, the book that I'm doing the second issue, issue of. Oh, that's right. And what's weird is that, like, the main dude of that book is kind of an albino. <laughs> it's, he's, got, he's got that fucking and niche is, and, is, and is Gutsville ever, ever, ever going to be finished? I wouldn't hold your breath. Although... That, that, that's uh, Fraser Irving, right? Yeah, that yeah. book is really good. Uh, what what just book. came out last week was one of Jonathan Hickman's books from Images that's been over a year. Oh, Red Master Mars. Red Master Mars, Mars yeah. yeah. So if that can come out, maybe, Man, maybe Gutsville. I've, Gutsville the, is so good. What I like about Batman and Robin right now is it is the Dick Grayson book that I think all of the Nightwing fans were fearful would disappear. 
and it, and it still is Dick Grayson, and it, and you feel it, and I and I think you feel it in Quietly's art, and I also think you feel it in Grant's story because oh, yeah. just the weight on his shoulders and just that this whole idea that he is playing Batman, but it's it's Dick's and this what, is Dick's yeah, story. And, and what a great scene with he and Alfred! Alfred it's, 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 a said, it's a performance. It's a right. performance. Yep. Or when and the they show were must go on. Police headquarters and like. Were they shorter than before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even even just Gordon's noticed that, you know, he sounds different. He's like, yeah, different. I've but heard it's, that voice. But familiar. Familiar. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm glad that Gordon is kind of in on it in his own way, too. And Damien, what a shit. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> and even more so, I, I keep forgetting he's 10 years old. So yeah. now yeah. you really just want to punch a little shit. Oh, <laughs> but that bit when he breaks the arm? Holy yeah. crap. I, that was, oh, that really hurt to look at, man. Oh, and when they're fighting that... He's traumatic. <laughs> oh man, what a great, ridiculous comic! It's 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 a great. It's this a is great the book. book that makes people not want Bruce Wayne back ever. This is the this is gonna okay, be the most. It. This is probably the most accessible comic Grant Morrison has ever written. I would say. I mean, and I love the shit out of some Grant Morrison, but yeah. I mean, you well, can't you can't well, say this. Is I'd too say hand in hand with All Star Superman. I mean, that's the I thing. I would I say think. even that's that's a little weird for some people. No, I think, but I this one, this is this is fucking Batman, and it's awesome. It's yeah, great. but half this book was in a foreign carny language, so. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, Dick is a is is an old carny, so it's okay. And so, of course, and uh, I totally missed the "Wind in the Willows" references in the first one because I'm dense. <laughs> so. Well, it, it wasn't blatant. It wasn't frog and toad. It was. Uh, Toad and pig. And pig, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, but totally missed that, so. All right, well, I tell you what, we, uh, uh, we've we got uh, a little phone call to make here. Uh, we're going to talk with, uh, with Mr. Jeff Parker, so hold on. We'll be right back. This portion of Around Comics is brought to you by Netflix. Right now, you can start a free two-week trial by going to www.netflix.com forward slash Around Comics. At Netflix, you'll find over 100,000 titles to choose from, including classics and new releases, as well as TV series. Plans start from as low as $4.99 per month, and you can keep each movie as long as you want with no late fees ever. Netflix has free shipping both ways, and you can expect your next selection to be delivered in about one business day. Now watch some movies and TV series over the internet for no extra charge. I use this service with my Xbox 360 and personal laptop. We've dated a couple times, and I think it's progressing nicely. So head over to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics and get started with your free trial today. Uh, Mr. Jeff Parker, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. It's 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 good to hear from you. This is a this is a long overdue interview uh, by us. Now I know that uh, that John has talked with you several times, but we've been talking about uh, about your books for gosh a couple years now, and you've been one of our favorite writers, and we've just never never made the effort. It just now occurred to you to call me and say, hey, Jeff could be on the podcast. We we could talk to him. He's okay. We love you so much as a writer. I'm just sitting here not in pants, right? Even better. So so are we? Is that fair? That's. So, no, we just figured that any time we'd take to talk to you, we'd be taking you away from writing great, great stories, and we didn't want to deprive the world of that. Well, thank you. Smart and, guy. And, no, you guys do do a good podcast, by the way. Oh, well, you already know that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Actually, Sal and Tom aren't even here. It's so. going to be better than ever, sir. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Around Comics version 2.0. Um, well, well, Jeff, uh, mo- most people by now should know your work from Agents of Atlas, which we have talked about uh, ad nauseum on, on the show. Um, well, thank you. 
it, it, it's been one of our favorite books, and we uh, we actually had the pleasure a couple a couple times of having Don Don Glute on the show. And, oh really? Yeah, it, Don is a Don is a, a native Chicagoan and uh, lives lives out in California now. But he's he comes back to visit uh, visit Chicago occasionally and, and likes to uh, drop by and sit in with us. And so we had a lot of fun talking about the the what if uh, the Avengers formed in the 1950s story that was that was kind of the uh, the inspiration for Agents of Atlas. And I know that you just talked with John about this a little bit, yeah. but uh, if you want to talk about about how that great uh, old what if story played into into building the agents of atlas yeah it's uh my editor mark panicha was looking at that comic one day he was trying to figure out something neat that we could do uh you know just because he and i were starting to get on a real roll working together from the marvel adventures books and uh and, and some other odd stuff that no one read and uh and uh and he saw that and i and and sent it to me and then just asked uh if i could come up with something of that and and yeah just like oh boy once i saw the cover i i had read it years ago but i wasn't thinking about it and uh then once i saw the robot and the gorilla and everything i went yep <laughs> this is totally it all right but i i have I, I don't know maybe it's just me and when i was born and my my love of that comic but no 3d man tell him jeff yep. Yeah, we, we can't have 3D Man. Oh, Jeff, hates, Jeff hates 3D Man. I, I've, I've heard of your hate of 3D Man. <laughs> Actually, it was just a, just a disdain, and now it's grown into a hate over the years. Of, or at least that's the way it has on the Internet. It's like, but now it's, it's, it's funny, and uh, it's like, oh, no, no, I'd ruin it if I actually suddenly put 3D Man because I've made such a big deal on not having 3D Man. Sure, sure. Well, but, you know, M11 has turned actually, into... Actually, he puts mm-hmm. me in an epileptic fit. Just in a red green costume. <laughs> I can't look at it. It messes me up. And you can't kill him off because he becomes triathlon, so you really need him alive. Triathlon, he's two people in one, and that gets you more people on the team you didn't need. That's right. Yeah, it's just a lot. <laughs> Mainly the thing was the fact that once I, I went back and, and, and read Woots, uh, and thank you for saying his name, I've always said glut, and I should have known that's not right. God, uh, now I've got to correct that every time I say it. But reading the original story, you know, once I saw they had Nemora in there, yeah. I was like, Nemora? And I was like, wait a second, then you could get another girl on the team, and, and a really cool girl who can pick up submarines and throw them. Nice. And uh, yeah, 3D Man just kind of couldn't hang with Namora. <laughs> that's true. Well, you know, it, it, act, it, it is a great team, and the fact that it does pull from a lot of historical characters in, in Marvel's history is awesome. But one, the, what I love about it is that it really does harken back to those great, like, 60s uh, uh, espionage and kind of the, 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 not the, not the really dark and gritty ones, but really the, the more, it's not get smart, but it's just a couple uh-huh. of steps away from that and, and almost I love like that. the original ocean's 11 i mean it's yeah, a, it's yeah. a, it's a caper book yeah. and that's yeah, that's the have, fun of we it. have lots of capers and heists constantly which are just you know and instead of dean martin you got an ape you know it's, it's, it's fairly easy to switch out but uh no and i just i love that stuff like the first i think i remember as a kid my parents would go to the drive-in and they would watch the old james bond movies because they'd be rerunning them cheap at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. So I'd see Dr. No and From Russia With Love and all that stuff as a kid. I didn't understand it. I was always interrupting, going, what did that mean, blah, blah, blah. And they're going, shh. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just that and Johnny Quest and everything was just mm-hmm. really hardwired into my head. So, so when are the agents of Atlas going to all get turned into Modocs? 
We've all been waiting for that to happen. I think happen. that's probably going to be issue 17, but nice. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> but don't worry. Right. <laughs> rest, rest assured. What I love about the series is that um, you've got a handful of, of recognizable names. And in the case of the original Marvel Boy, there is some a lot of continuity that you can lean on but in a lot of cases like the human robot and gorilla man these were one-shot stories mm -hmm. and marvel is just now and i and i was thinking about this as brubaker's marvel's uh project is starting to come out and of course the 12 by j michael straczynski um they're just scratching the surface and really exploring their golden and silver age characters their pre-marvel age characters and it's a blank slate so it really is. It's, there's mm -hmm. just tons of room to go with there. There's a lot of neat characters from back then. You know, it's I, I'm I'm having a lot of fun over on the the, the DC side of stuff reading uh, James Robinson's work. Uh, back reading, you know, the the Starman omnibuses which are coming out now, and and even the stuff that he's doing in mainline yeah. DC. And you guys have you both have a really nice feel for for mining the history of the companies and pulling out those those really cool bits that you know and reinventing them for for a new generation and i really respect that but what i feel maybe in your work more than um, maybe even more than james's or anybody else's that you know that comics are supposed to be fun whenever i sit down to read a jeff parker book i know I'm gonna have a big shit-eaten grin on my face by the, by the end of it, and and that's that's something I love about your work. Oh, thank you. I uh, yeah, and let let people know too. That doesn't necessarily mean there won't be sadness or or some ugly stuff in there, but that stuff can still be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't want to make it all, especially Asians of Atlas is isn't particularly lighthearted like say X Men First Class or something like that was. It's a uh, you know it can it can be heavy. Uh, but but at the same time, it's like you gotta. I like to embrace all the real fantastic elements. It's like, yeah, I, we could have Namor pop up in this, but can we just go to Atlantis, you know, or, yeah. or Oceanus, as, as as we described it, and um, you know, and just see how they live and see kind of how freaky that is, and explore stuff like that. Uh, to me, it's all about the adventure, you know, now, and 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 mixing genres, as I've said to John a lot. You know, it's like we we can turn on a dime and suddenly we're in a crime story, mm -hmm. or then it's a pure science fiction story, or it's a mystery. And really, you can, you can do that in all of them, but it works really well with Agents of Atlas. Sure, and and you can have some heavier moments in it, but at the end of the day, it's still a book that has a wisecrack and talking gorilla. Gotta exactly. Love, gotta love Ken. <laughs> it, it can get heavy, but that gorilla is still the one delivering a lot of the lines in it. Yeah. And, and I love the character that you've developed with him because he really has turned into the wisecrack on the on the team, and and I love I love his parts. And the uh, uh, one of my favorite lines the last uh, the last month or so is whenever uh, uh, they uh, find N Namor and, and Namora kissing. And uh, what was his line? I guess they they have hillbillies under the sea too. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's the character that will always go there. So whatever you're thinking, he's just going to go ahead and say it. Ken gets a good, uh, I was a little worried maybe we're playing him for laughs too much, but it's like, it's, it's too, you know, tempting to have him say just almost anything. But, uh, so in the next issue, in issue eight, when they, they run into the Hulk, uh, it, it becomes a real good kind of, uh, showcase for Ken. Nice. So, uh, I look forward to seeing what you think of that. Well, Looking and, forward to it. And I would uh, point out another book that you're, uh, Combining comedy and and extreme uh, scenes in his exiles, and I and uh -huh. brief, briefly I want to acknowledge that because 
there's a book that uh, right now is in the midst of its uh, its first story still, and uh, and and you you've got this crazy splash at the back of the book, the final the final uh, image. And I don't want to tip. Yeah, that was kind of nasty, wasn't it? Yeah, and there's a there's an example of a lot of wisecracking going on in the midst of some pretty oh. horrific uh, scenes. And I'm uh, passing one right now to uh, Chris to show it to him. But well, holy it, shit! And it's also a good. <laughs> I, I, I like to rely on my uh, reputation of, uh, hey, Jeff's going to make this story happy and okay to really suck or something, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then drop something on him like that. So it's, yeah, what he's talking about is you see Polaris essentially dissected. In yeah. this lab, uh, in all her parts, just kind of, she's vivisected and she's just all over the place, and it's it kind of gross. By Joe Costa, yeah. Uh -huh. On this alternate world, the mm -hmm. the uh, the power behind the power, I guess, is uh, the Vision, Ultron, and Joe Costa working together. Is that and, how you say and machine that and, and Machine Man. Excuse me, I forgot about Machine Man. Well, and and yes, they're answering the Cerebro. Ah, there you go. Ah, okay, okay. And hey, if you notice. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see which sci-fi nerd of you picked up on uh, uh, Cerebro's logo. Well, now I'm thinking, man, am I getting ahead of myself? Is that or that's did a, I actually show it? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Here. I mean, that's. I'm looking at three and four, and four is obviously you got the did payoff. Did you ever see the movie Colossus: The Foreman Project? Yeah, I have. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of I course, have. John has. Of course, you have. <laughs> like my. Everybody, everybody leave the room. This is just between me and John. John and I are going to talk for a minute. That's a great late anyway, well, Welcome to Word Balloon, everyone. Is about this, it, it was a, in the 60s, it was a book about this uh, computer system. It was essentially the Americans were coming up with their supercomputer system that was going to be tied into the missile systems, and they're racing against the Russians or whatever, and they get theirs online first, So, and theirs is called Colossus. And Colossus wastes almost no time uh, in just kind of taking over the country. As soon as he gets intelligent, he immediately deems that only he should be calling the shots. And uh, he, he, as soon as the Russian system, Guardian, comes online, Colossus uh, merges with it and kind of takes it over and essentially brings the whole world to a halt. And, uh, Fucking you know, computers. We're, we're, <laughs> since we're playing with a, a world where robots seem to have taken over, I thought, it's like, it was, especially with Cerebro's name, I, I asked Casey Jones if we could do this logo, and, and, and it pretty much really referenced the heck out of that movie. That's nice. hilarious. I didn't nice. even think of that, and I, it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies. It's the guy, Victor, from uh, The Young and the and Restless. Yeah, it's a, uh, German actor. Braden, uh, he's from Young and Restless, and he's in uh, uh, Titanic. Eric Braden. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. And, yeah, right. he's maybe, maybe Rat Patrol. And, he and yes, Rat he was Patrol. he's in Rat Patrol, and he's in the uh, third Planet of the Apes movies when Cornelius and Zira come to the modern times. Yeah, and he's the one who's the like, son of a bitch. He's the one who he's the one who gets uh, Cornelius killed at the end. Yep, because he's like, if you know, the it's it's fantastic, and and really, uh, Colossus: The Forbid Project is is one of these awesome yeah, sci-fi movies. Yeah, I'd like to actually cool. rip that story off some because I read through the books, and the, uh, sadly, the books aren't really that good. <laughs> and uh, but they had a really neat premise where, like in the second of the series, they um, they finally found a way to shut down Colossus. I, I think the way it goes is they, they Colossus takes over the second of the series. They shut him down and defeat him. But then in the third book, they start becoming suddenly uh, Martians are invading the Earth, and they have to turn Colossus on because they need him to combat the Martians. Like. That is exactly the kind of story I like. You know, <laughs> you know, I wish it were a 
better written. But I'm still going to rip that off. <laughs> hey, before before we move on from Agents of Atlas, um, I, I want to go back real quick because Gabe Hardman is uh, is uh, an old friend of the show, and we actually uh, met Gabe. Gosh, I want to say three years ago at a New York Comic Con, and and saw. I think he was actually showing showing work for his Heathen Town book at the uh-huh. time, and then uh, and then we got to know Gabe, and uh, and actually he was a guest on the show uh, back when Spider Man Three came out because he was working storyboards and work with Sam Raimi on that. I just want to say, um, first of all, thank you if you had anything to do with getting Gabe on the Agents of Atlas book, and I just absolutely love his work on that book. It is so good to see him working on, on, on something like that. In my like mind, that. he's uh, the near-perfect artist for the book. He's just, I mean, and the only reason I, I say near is just because I, I really like some of the other guys we've had. Sure. Uh, obviously, Carlo Pagalion just always knocks it out of the park. But there's really nothing Gabe can't do. I mean, he can match every tone that we bring in. I, I just love the way he depicts all the characters. Uh, and it, it's funny, I always tend to push towards horror once he comes on, because I know he likes horror. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's just like... And I get so excited like when I see my email and, and know that he's sending in some roughs or pages. It's like, oh, man... It's, the guy's just phenomenal. Gabe, Gabe's like, awesome. Gabe is yeah, awesome. And, it, it, and it's hard to... Because, you know, he's got a lot of big-budget movies that he's working on at the same time. Um, yeah, he works with Ron Howard a lot. I think Ron Howard calls him for almost everything he does. And, uh, and it's why it's, his stuff is such clear cinematic storytelling all the way through. I mean, you just really feel like you're getting a big epic in, in scope when it calls for it, a uh, story every time. So do you, uh, yeah, do you, I can't say enough good things about Gabe. Do you ever call Gabe and and talk with him, and you're you're going over scripts and pages, and he's like, "Oh, hold on, Ron, I got Ron Howard on the on the other one. I'll have to let you go, Jeff." <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but uh, I, I imagine it will happen at some point. He's a lot of fun to talk to, and and he's one of those guys too. He'll we'll like sentries there. He he knows more movies than you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you bring it up, and he's gonna he's gonna start going off on a tangent or whatever. We I. I want to do another, I did the little writer versus artist uh, column on CBR, mm-hmm. and I've done a few of those. I'd like to do Gabe again just because we can get on movies, and he can just expound. He's got, he's got great stuff to say about all these directors. And I'd also like to do a, a Glenn Ford sort of takeoff with him and stuff. I mean, uh, you know, just like a John Ford. I'm sorry, not Glenn Ford. I was going to say, what, you, what uh, Glenn Ford? <laughs> what John Ford, I'd, for that I'd matter? I'd love to get a Western in there somehow with him. Ooh, that'd be cool. Hey. Yeah. Hey, at, the Atlas Foundation is everywhere, and you can put those. They are guys. everywhere. That's the nice thing. They let, it lets us set up almost anywhere we want to. Yeah, go back so in certain, time. Certainly, they have a ranch. Go back in time, and let's see uh, Two Gun Kid and Rawhide Kid and uh, Kid Colt and all these guys, all the kids, mm-hmm. all the Everybody, cowboy kids. Every kid, yeah. <laughs> Make all of them gay. <laughs> they're all yeah, They're all gay. They're all kids. <laughs> Do you ever just ask him what he wants to draw that way, and it helps you decide where the direction of the story is going to go? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I actually did. Like when we first started working. Uh, Going back to when you said uh, getting them in there, uh, Gabe had just sent a, a new batch of samples or something up at Marvel over over a year ago, and Panicha and I just jumped all over it. We were immediately just trying to get them on whatever we could, and uh, so the first thing he and I worked on was the Monster Size Hulk special. Oh, yeah. Which was perfect for Gabe, because it was going to be Hulk and the Frankenstein monster. It's like, well, he could do this in his sleep. I asked him to give me a list of just things he likes. And, you know, at first he knew he was going to be doing the 50s parts of Agents of Atlas. And I said, what are just some 50s stuff you, you would love to draw? 
and pretty much everything you set back on the list I already had worked up in my little rough of the script. Nice. I said, okay, I can do that. And it was all, you know, big, big brassy cars, uh, women wearing hats, uh, and cool sunglasses, and beehive hairdos. Uh, everything, you know, beatniks, all that stuff. Yeah, and I can almost always fit. I, I love when artists will do that and just say, can I draw these things? Because then it kind of gives me a, a challenge to like, is there a way I can put this into the story? <laughs> your, you know, your book is one of the first Marvel books that is employing the backup stories as well as having mm -hmm. the lead story. And what I like about those in particular, Jeff, is that um, those backup stories are playing out in the main story later on. And we're seeing that again in the most current issue. But the yeah. earliest issue was in issue one of Agents of Atlas. You had the flashback to Wolverine. And then during that confr awesome. confrontation with the new Avengers, all of a sudden the human robot remembers that and attacks Wolverine at that crucial moment when Spider-Man was maybe about to blow their cover and go, wait a minute, yeah. I think something's, going, something's <laughs> wrong with these guys. And then, boom, they attack Wolverine. I, I, and, yeah, we don't waste any pages. Like, if, if you can't... If you think you can skip over a backup story, you can't, because it's all in there for a reason. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, uh, even even like the we like to do the text pages too. Yes, they're awesome. You have the best you have the best recap pages at Marvel. I wish I could take credit for those, but a lot of those are either uh, Nate Cosby or Lauren Sankovich coming in. I used to do them, but then it's like oh, I got to go leave some fun for someone else, and then they're just <laughs> so good at them. But a lot of times I'll do little things like I did an extra kind of Bob fact page on, on the Atlanteans or a, the, <laughs> the, the, the thing with the warrior scholars uh, where they're being asked by the young monks because I, 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 we don't have place to do it in the comic book, but then we can, with text, you know, we can just kind of almost do like the old uh, old two-pagers and, and give you this little bit to kind of flesh it out some more. And I like thinking of all the monks down in the hidden city of Atlas, you know, like the young ones are, they're, they're getting to ask questions for their lessons and all they care about are asking is about the inner circle, which is Jimmy Woo's team. You know, so, and so instead of asking about the history, they're immediately, uh, how come uh, Venus can breathe underwater? And so I kind of <laughs> Why yeah, then does Venus not wear the complete suit? Questions out, of the, out, out of the way there too. You know, I was uh, I was reading the last issue, and and I love the uh, um, the you know the, the the underground city that they're in, and and that whole culture that you that you keep kind of uh, dusting away layers as we get to learn about it. And I was like, man, there needs to be an Iron Fist crossover where where they they match up this with uh, the the lost city of what uh, Kunlun, Kunlun, which would be would be fun. So do that for me. We haven't got, yeah, we haven't gotten. Uh, expanded enough in my mind it all fits together really well mm -hmm. so as far as I'm concerned yes it would be very easy uh, you know for Forrest and Rand to come in and, uh, but yes I will try to do that Thank you. Thank you. It's it's the Jeff Parker request hour now. So <laughs> it really is. Just come on, tell me what you need to see next year in 2010. And no, Chris is now. right though. That'd be perfect because Orson Randall was Iron Fist in the 50s. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. and, I, and I'll point out one mm -hmm. other thing, and that is, uh, you did an online text story about the Agents of Atlas, and yeah. and I'm hoping eventually that's going to wind up in a trader in a hardcover somewhere, because that was yeah, a nice I, little untold. Story. I originally thought they were going to put it all in the first trade, mm -hmm. uh, but it's very actually when you print it out, it's really long. Okay. I mean, because that thing went on for a long time. It went on all <laughs> over all the whole summer. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe what we'll do, we've been meaning to do some kind of neat extra kind of exclusive thing, and maybe we'll just print that thing up and, uh, and maybe get some illustrations or something for it so that there is this little thing that people can get. 
That'd be and, cool. And thanks for reminding me because somebody was writing into my website saying that they had they had gone through my stuff and compiled the story. But there are missing sections, and I still haven't had a chance to help them find that stuff. And so I, that would force me to get it all together. There you go. But, but I need to take kind of the puzzles out because you don't need to be playing the game anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was part of a treasure hunt, and actually, you were nice enough to include word balloon in that treasure hunt. Really? Yeah. Oh, very oh, nice. Yeah. It was yeah, it was very fun, and well, I was I was happy to oh, help. Oh yeah, you had to go on to John's site and you had to click on the human robot head to get a, to get a clue. <laughs> yeah, you got cool? a clue, and you got a clue, and the clue was John saying something about Jimmy Woo. I don't remember what it was now. I don't either, actually. Yeah, I just I know I, I put some Mission Impossible music behind us and everything when <laughs> I was reading the clue. It was cool though, and I liked having I, I liked having an audio clue, and uh, clearly the people playing the game were having a whole lot of fun with it. That was really rewarding. Very cool. Well, before we move on from Agents of Atlas, I would like to remind people that it was one of the nicest collected editions, the original uh, miniseries, when it was the the beautiful oversized hardcover and it had the uh, it had the original What If story, and and really, I think for that year, quietly one of the nicest collected editions that came out. So, go pick yeah, that I up. Really, I really think that edition had a lot to do with people. Uh still being interested in, in us doing another story just because they did such a sweet job on that book. It was it was fantastic. Well, the original miniseries was during Civil War, I want to say? Yes, it was. That's yeah. why no one knew about it. Yeah, I mean, no, and it was <laughs> Jeff and Len we Kirk. They were completely buried in the, in the uh, froth of Civil War. Yeah, and that's the thing. It was, And that's kind of been uh, one of the testaments to your work, Jeff, I think, is that you're kind of flying under the radar and that while everyone's involved with the big event... You were, you know, off in a corner, kind of the way Paul Cornell was with recently with Captain Britain and MI thirteen, telling this right. amazing story that it didn't matter what the event mm-hmm. was and everything. Meanwhile, you guys, you and Leonard, were doing this amazing miniseries, and I'm glad that it was able to yeah. finally be greenlit to an ongoing. Do you have? Yeah. Uh, you're still on this extra issue schedule, am I correct? I, I think for now, I, we may have one more double ship coming up, but I think we've gotten past most of them. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's part of the reason we've been using, you know, switching between artists because we, we've had this thing where suddenly every two weeks we're having Agents of Atlas. And, uh, <laughs> I wasn't yeah, complaining. I, I still don't understand it, but whatever. And, um, and so uh, I, I guess more is better than less. There you go. I wasn't complaining uh, at all. I, I, normally I would be way ahead on the book, but I'm not nearly as far ahead as I would be because of that. All right, well, but speaking fine. of underground, right, I've been seeing pages of this for, for years. I'm a convention acquaintance of uh, Steve Lieber, so I've been, I've been claustrophobic looking at these goddamn pages. When's this thing coming up? It is coming out in September. Nice. Wait no more. Yeah. Yay. Oh, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible host. We haven't recorded in a couple weeks. Jeff, I didn't introduce We're sitting in with uh, Chris Burnham is, is here. Hey. The, the great oh, Chris Burnham, Burnham hey, right, Jeff? Up, <laughs> so. He, I bought Innerman off of you uh, years ago at San Diego, and you thought I stole it. You were you were signing somewhere, and I I bought it from uh, whoever your sidekick was, and I brought it across the convention, and you were uh, you were fairly convinced that I stole it from you. <laughs> wow, Chris, you can admit, did you? An a-hole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I didn't did steal I you, that did I copy. I, I stole God, other God. copies of it though. <laughs> I hope I drew in it. You you did. It said uh, for Chris, you anything, even kill. I think it's it's, a, it's an attractive <laughs> well, picture I, of a I woman. Mean it. Yeah, you I, point me where and I'll do it. You say that to all the boys. <laughs> no, nope, I really don't. I thought it said Chris. Next time, pay for this. <laughs> right. 
or I will kill you. How about some cash next time, Chris? Hey. <laughs> um, I don't publish this, which is why, with the, which is why, suddenly you notice with Underground, uh, we're going to Image because uh, self-publishing is a lot of work. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so uh, but yeah. it's very rewarding. I, I recommend everybody who's serious about comics as their career to try to do a little bit of self-publishing or be involved mm-hmm. in some way. Because you'll you'll learn about how the whole industry is laid out. Just when you're trying to everything you got to go through to the distributor Diamond and uh, and all the stores and and how to promote. It, I mean, it schools you like nothing else. There's there's, but at the same a, there's time, a lot I was more like, I, There's no way I can keep up with filling orders after the fact once the book's already come out. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I still you, keep getting behind on Interman. Yeah, you actually have to create the book. And then there's this yeah. whole other job of getting Marketing. it made and then promoting it. Uh, yeah, my, my breakdown of that is always I think I can, I think I can do two of the three things really well. I could either create it or promote it or publish it, but I don't think I can do all three uh, <laughs> as a, as well. I need to just be doing two of those things. Sure. So now we're going to image, so that I can, so that, you know, Steve and I can do just two of those things. Well, and, yeah, uh, spe- we'll let Image send it to the printer. Well, speaking of of Underground, it's a, it's one of the reasons that we want to talk with you. Um, uh, one of the great things about Twitter is that <laughs> you uh, you get to uh, you get to see what creators are doing, what they're having for breakfast, that kind of stuff. But you also yeah, get a lot of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but you also find out whenever really crappy things happen to them, like their house is getting broken into and burgled, and their laptop laptops stolen, being stolen. And Steve Lieber had had just that happen, and it was right at the height of the time that you guys needed to be promoting. Uh, underground, and so I was like, "Well, this is a perfect opportunity to finally talk to Jeff Parker." So that was yeah, uh, what timing, huh? Yeah. So so tw- so <laughs> thank tw- you, yeah. thief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for finally connecting me with with Jeff Parker. What you didn't know is that is that I took a little trip to uh, to Portland to set all this up. So it's uh, the- oh, so can you return Steve's computer now? <laughs> He's he, done the he interview. He really needs it. But uh, uh, no, definitely tell us about Underground and uh, uh, what it's about and when it's going to be coming out. It is, it is coming out in September. It's a five-issue series. Um, Steve, this originally started with Steve. He wanted to do a caving uh, story. He wanted, I, I think it was from after, you know, he did Whiteout, uh, constantly figuring out how to depict snow in different ways. I think he was really ready to get somewhere where he, had, he could use his ink and make shadows again. Uh, so he was, he was researching a lot of cave stuff. And, uh, and then, he, you know, he... It, it, I know a lot of people think, well, hey, you're just going to another uh, female lead with uh, Wesley Fisher, like you did with Terry Stetko uh, in, in, in Whiteout. But the, Steve came to that conclusion first because simply uh, a small woman is is the perfect caver. You know, caving is not for uh, big lunkheads like us, even though we do it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really better for wiry women because they can get in all these... Uh, crevasses and uh, squeeze through this stuff and uh, you know and, and climb up a rock wall uh, much more nimbly I'm suddenly turned uh, on hearing this so anyway, he was trying to put this together he did a short story in, uh, in the anthology Four Letter Worlds mm-hmm. for Image a few years ago um, I had one in the same thing called Bear and that uh, was a kind of grown up Winnie the Pooh thing and uh so then he started getting into it. He kept talking about it, how he, what he wanted to do. And then 
And then Chris, he came crawling to me on his hands and knees. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is, are you saying that's what I should be doing? Oh, God. How does anyone write a story? Oh, it's the worst thing in the world, Jeff Parker. Can you please save me, save my career? And I said, okay, Steve, for you, because you're a friend. And then, uh, well, maybe maybe it wasn't quite so uh, humble like that. But anyway, he was... He said he said Rucka Rucka turned him down, and so you were his second choice. <laughs> yeah, Rucka Rucka turned him down, and uh, no, he, uh, you know, well, now I start to believe. Wait, maybe actually he always intended for me to write it, and I was just kind of being suckered because along the way, you know, he kept telling me everything he was learning, so I was pretty much getting schooled on this uh, on on caving. Spelunking, it's spelunking, right? Yeah, and he, keep, he keeps suddenly sliding. <laughs> hey, watch this video. It's really interesting. And yeah, and I'm so, oh yeah, take it in. And next thing you know, I know enough to write a cave story. But um, well, then I had to go. I had to borrow all his books and uh, really, really bone up on it and everything. I, I, I knew some of it because I like outdoor stuff and I like camping and you know I'm, I'm a sucker for anything like that. And, you know the uh, one of these out out of the wild store uh, shows or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I, I just love it, and uh, it, you, you can get that from Interman. You can see that I put a lot of that kind of stuff in there, anyway. So anyway, and we had, we had talked a long time about what we were finally going to work together on. So then it, it it made sense that we would pull our resources and get going on this. And then once I got into it, uh, it was extremely refreshing to me because I could write something that was much more realistic than what I normally write. And uh, not that I don't like writing. Uh, people flying around shooting death beams out of their eyes but if you don't occasionally ground yourself you know we're <laughs> and, underground, and underground. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. fun 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 <laughs> that's something in the real world once in a while you're gonna you're gonna lose perspective uh so we, we said it's in the appalachian mountains even though it's in kentucky uh anyone who's from north carolina like i am will probably pick up on that i'm i'm cribbing a lot of it from what i know of the mountains of north carolina and the people there but uh, Appalachia is almost its own state anyway, if you've mm-hmm. ever been to that region. And uh, and, uh, and we wanted to, we said in Kentucky, we wanted to kind of evoke Mammoth Cave, which is the big show cave that everybody knows. And uh, and what this is, the Stillwater Cave is in this little town of Marion. It's a cave that's been closed off its own national park land. And, uh, you know, people used to go into it. One of the main characters, uh, Seth, who's a ranger and, has a bit of a romantic interest with with Wesley. Um, he used to go down there when he was a teenager and horse around and drink in the cave and everything. But now, you know, the town is the town is pretty pretty impoverished and would like to open it up as a show cave and develop it so that it could be another uh, another tourist attraction. Uh, and, wait, wait to. a second! An impoverished rural Kentucky town. You lost me. Tourist attraction. Yeah. Oh. That's the science fiction. Wait a right? second. <laughs> but but. But subterranean bat-like dwellers. Are you back on yet? Yeah, okay, you got it. You got it. Stunned silence after that. I I couldn't tell if you were kidding. (laughs) I was trying to make an acronym out of that. Yeah, no. No, the the big thing was, and this is this is the main thing Steve came to me with is he he really wanted to do a story more like in the vein of a simple plan where it's just normal people and some people make some bad choices. And then things start kind of uh, falling apart and spiraling into a very dangerous situation. So there's no ma- masterminds in this. Uh, you know, there's no 
we've got to get in there and get that gold in 24 hours or anything like that. <laughs> it's it, it's simply a, a conflict of interest. Uh, and then once you once you get underground and and what's really not a safe environment, you should let your children go run around in. Uh, you know, things start to get progressively more dangerous, especially the farther they get into the cave system. So that's what it is. And uh, and, and our protagonist is Wesley Fisher, who also works for the park service. She's a park ranger, which makes her a cop essentially. But mm-hmm. but not you know she's not used to having to deal with someone shooting at her. It's uh, it, she's more used to the fact of telling somebody, hey you. The hell, you can't be building a fire over here. You're, you're totally going about this the wrong way. Get these rocks out of the way. <laughs> this shows so you the... It's, 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 it's mm-hmm. a very new situation for her, but she has the one edge in that she's the only one around who knows anything about caving at all. There was a, a couple years ago, I can't remember the name of the movie, I'm kicking myself for it, but there was a horror movie that was set, uh, it was all women spelunkers. The Descent. The, the Descent, the descent. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that just yeah. made me so claustrophobic. So as you're talking about this, and I'm envisioning myself, and as you said, there's no way, like, you know, grown men don't don't fit in those things. I'm and right I just, with you, pal, don't worry. Oh, man, there's, it's, I'm already creeped out by the premise alone. And just yeah, thinking kind of about harsh. it. Uh, the, uh, I just now watched The Descent, like, three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> I thought, you know what? So I had been putting it off, and I thought, I better watch this mm-hmm. so I don't repeat something that they do in the movie. And then everybody goes, you ripped off the descent. You always run into that, you know. Oh, sure. You, there's like every, every kind of thing you, you do, there's always going to be something, especially there always seems to be something around the same time. I, I think, so I think Kirkman cool. is still answering questions about 28 days later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, I- uh, but anyway, I was like, okay, we don't, we don't have any... Uh, bat-like uh, underground dwellers <laughs> to create human blood. So, have you thought that, about it though? I mean, maybe just a little, maybe like three. Just two or three. What I, like, what I like about those people underground too is they're like just walking bladders. They explode when you hit them with a picket. <laughs> yeah, they, they're delicate. Those girls are swinging picks, and these things are just boom, just just blood and bones just go blasting everywhere. Nice, nice. Well, I like the the timing that this is coming out because that's a about the release date for Whiteout, correct? Isn't it? Is that? Yes. Um, yeah. That, that they, okay. Yeah, that was. That fall, was yeah. We finally did something calculated on our part. Good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is, yeah, which is what? No, we knew we were going to come out sometime this year, and um, and they kept pushing the white. And at first, we weren't uh. counting on that at all because they kept pushing the Whiteout release date around. And then finally, they kept holding on September 11th because who doesn't want to go see a good. A good action movie on September 11th. <laughs> let's go, let's go see things blow up. Yeah. 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 But, you know, Steve's theory, and I kind of agree with it, I bet that what they're thinking is we need something that's action that has no buildings in it, you know, n- nothing, no planes. Well, it does have a seaplane, but no one counts that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything like that. And I I bet that was their, their reasoning. Either that, or it was simply an easy date to get because no one else wanted it. Yeah, I, 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 t- I always like the idea of it coming out in like August, whenever it's like 110 degrees outside to go yeah, watch. Yeah, that's it. when I want to see a snowy movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yep. exactly. Especially in Chicago, my God, it gets so hot there. Uh, yeah. Dude, you're from North Carolina. It is. I'm from Southern Illinois. I'm not. I grew up not that far from Kentucky. That's why I was joking about it. The heat here is nothing. Now you get North it's, Carolina. It's pretty bad in both places. I remember. I just always had a powerful memory of being there in like 98 or something when, it was that year all those people were dying? 
we did have a big drought <laughs> right. and yeah. heat wave in the late nineties. I do remember. And oh. I, I remember I just wanted to go. It was. Uh, no, it was. Jump in that uh, in, in the in the fountain and just stay in it. <laughs> I, I was foolish enough to go to a taste of Chicago, that's cool. which was stupid. Yeah, that, no, that, one should, no one should go to that. That is when people Much were dropping. Much less in August. You know, it's just like it was miserable. Yeah, that's going on right now. And taste of Chicago is something that everyone that lives in Chicago should go to once and only once. That's enough. And that's that's yeah. that's enough. Yeah, you can make your own elephant ears. You don't need to go. <laughs> It's a it's a celebration of gluttony. Yeah, it really, it's cheesecake literally on a stick. Yeah. Wait, but John, now you're selling me on it. I'm sorry, you know. Hey, man, I love food too, but holy shit, you know, sometimes put the fork down, man. I'm just saying it for myself, Jeff. I'm assuming that you were probably here for uh, for a convention. And uh, uh, before I forget, do you have uh, any conventions that you're going to be uh, taking in for the rest of the year here that people can can track you down and, uh, oh, and meet you face to face? Oh man, thanks for letting me uh, do a plug. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The next show I'm going to uh, uh, Hero Initiative just asked me to come out to their mini MegaCon in uh, August. Cool. Which which I think is like the 22nd, 23rd. So I'm going to go out to that. Where's that? At? Which is long, uh, it's been a long time. It's in Orlando, and it's okay. been a long mm-hmm. time since I've been there. Um, and uh, and then the next show I, I'm going to be at uh, Baltimore's uh, 10th anniversary. Fantastic, so Mark, Mark Nathan show. Baltimore's a great, great show. It's so yeah. much fun. And I'm assuming it's it's kind of a default. You'll be in San Diego, right? You're assuming that, but no. I wow. I, I was determined to not go this year. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I don't cave in at the last minute and still go down for day or something like that. But. I, I was just like, man, I, that New York show was so big and overwhelming, yeah. and, and it took up so much time. I was just like, I can't do another big show like this this year. It's like it just cut into my – actually, somehow I still ended up making some deadlines during that. But uh, I, I'm thinking this is my big chance while everyone's gone. No one's going to be calling me to just, like, jam and get, like, several scripts done at once. That's what I'm going to try to do. Yeah, that sounds or like a plan. I'm just going to go on my own little vacation. And, and with my family it, or something like that. It's almost, Either way. It's almost a year away, but I, I feel like I should ask. Any chance we might get you at uh, the Reed Industry Chicago show that's coming uh, next the, uh, spring? The, the C2E2? Now, that's actually going to be in Chicago, right? Yes, yes, it will. It'll be downtown. Yeah. I, man, that's all I've ever wanted was to actually go to a Chicago show in Chicago. Oh, well, well, well it just so happens. If <laughs> uh, <laughs> only we knew somebody. If only we knew on. someone. That, no, we actually uh, uh, we put on the Windy City Comic Con. That's, that's our show. That's the small show oh, okay, that's uh, cool. in September, yeah. and it's actually becoming also, a nice little show. In Chicago and not Rosemont. Nice. It, it, in Chicago. A, yeah, it's a, it's a block and a half from Wrigley Field. Oh, well, that that is certainly in Chicago. Yes, yeah. So, and you can finally go back to the Field Museum. I love that place. There you go. Well, any anytime, anytime you want to come come into Chicago. Well, and, yeah, maybe and, I'll just do that instead of going to the big show. Maybe I'll go to, Maybe I'll go to both. I don't know. Well, it's, but, but I haven't been to Chicago mm-hmm. in, a, in, in a few years now. And yeah. It's like, I've been meaning to come back. I love Chicago because it's one of those it's one of those towns where everyone just kind of screws with you <laughs> in, 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 a, in a sort of uh, friendly way. Like they're just some no, kind no, of it's malicious. It's absolutely malicious. Yeah, it's where we mean it. Yeah, it, it actually is mean spirited. Like that too. You know, you go, you go and people just start horsing around with you. They don't know you from anyone. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very friendly town. I've lived here for about 10 years, and I, I absolutely love it. And it's a great I, comics I, town, I too. I'm probably even living there at some point, but I can't deal with your six-month winters. <laughs> They're brutal, <That's> dude. <laughs> I'd, I'd go as far as seven, man, this yeah. year. Yeah. I, I prefer the winter <laughs> over like, the summer. What does that leave? Five months? <laughs> 
We have a say not just in snow. Well, we, we don't get spring, so that yeah. really. We have a saying that, that you live for the summers and you endure the winters here, and that there's two seasons. There is winter and the Fourth of July. <laughs> hey, you've got. Yeah, a, we we had a solid winter. week of fall last year. Yeah, yeah, at least a week. At least a week. <laughs> I remember, that it was, was, it was good week. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you're definitely welcome anytime you want to come in we'll, for Windy uh, City. We'll do a, you know mm-hmm. we'll, we'll uh, challenge challengers will help out, bring them out, do a signing here, bring them to the show, oh, that kind of thing. Fun. Yeah. We'll work on it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely talk about uh, talk about that with you. Uh, another guy that I talked to about uh, coming out for Windy City, and it's not this year because he's going to be in uh, in Montreal. I think there's a, another little show going on at that time. But that is Mr. Tom Fowler, and oh, yeah. Tom is one of my one of my favorite artists, and Isn't he, he great. He's awesome. He listens to the other show that we do, uh, Eleven O'clock Comics, and uh, and actually has been great about posting on the forums over there. And we've gotten to know Tom a little bit through that, and that was all because of a fantastic book that you two have collaborated on called Mysterious: The Unfathomable, which just concluded its first uh, its first mini series, I guess you want to yeah. call it. And um, I, I was uh, poking around the internet, and it looks like a February release for the trade on that. It's uh, yeah. In fact, uh, uh, Christy Quinn from Wildstorm's been contacting us about producing some extras and stuff. So this is shaping up actually to be another one of those trades where you get a lot of neat, like new stuff and things you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. DVD Great. extras, cool. So like, I'm go- I'm probably going to write uh, uh, just a, a, a little text story for uh, like an like an old like mysterious back in the '40s or something. Awesome. And, and Tom's going to do some illustrations, and we'll have some stuff like that in there. That's great. Well, that that's a book that I hope. I don't that know the, why it has to wait till February. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Well, I hope that the trade does gangbusters business because I want to see that series come back for a series of mini series. I think it's a, it's a great group of characters. Mysterious is just a, a lovable dirt bag, and and Delphi is a great character. I had so much fun with that. It was my it was my favorite new series of this year. So I hope that you guys oh, can come you. back and give us more. Oh, cool. Yeah, and let me know if Tom's going to be on the show so I can listen to him. Oh Whatever. yeah, he's, he's always good to have on a show. Tom, Tom's actually uh, I've got uh, I'm kind of an art junkie and I've got Tom doing a uh, a Doctor Strange commission for me right now. Oh uh, well, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to see it. So yeah, I mean, no one and and then once we're like he and I yeah, got together on that. That clearly that was another one where I like to play to artist strengths and I'm like, well, I've got to have some wacky monsters in here because Tom's just the king of designing stuff like that. So that's when the whole, you know, the whole Mr. Gauss, little Dr. Seuss demons come up. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew Tom was just going to run with that farther than anybody else, and, and and he did. I keep seeing artists looking looking at that one issue where they go into that that little kind of sub hell <laughs> where they where they are, and you just see jaws dropping. It's like, how is he doing this? Yeah, it, it was Pee Wee's Playhouse from Hell. It was awesome. It really was. Well, the story played to both of your strengths. I mean, that's the thing. It's and I said this in in our conversation, Jeff, that uh, you know your love of magic and adventure and humor is is right there. And Tom is one of those perfect artists that can convey all that. And and you know, there's a reason why the guy is this Jack Davis acolyte that that does such great work over at Mad Magazine. And yeah, and it and it still drives me crazy that more people aren't aware of these Mad Magazine artists in, in regular comics because. Tom is this genius artist and everything, and it you know, I think for people that just read mainstream stuff, it was a real eye opener of who's this guy yeah. and where's this style coming from. And Mad yeah, Magazine people you, like he's been doing it forever. You see somebody fully realized popping out of 
outer space for, yes. for all you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and a lot of us at shows have seen Tom for years. We've known, we've known he was this, you know, mega badass <laughs> or whatever. But he, whatever, you know, he keeps getting brought in. Maybe it's because he's Canadian. I don't know. Uh, but he, 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 he keeps getting, he keeps getting brought in at last minute on things or uh, doing a fill in here and there having no time to do it or whatever never anywhere anyone he can have any time to prepare or make a big to do that tom fowler is doing this and finally you know with this book dc gave us plenty of lead time we got to plan and plan and plan before we started working actually working on it so yeah it it comes together as this fully realized thing that's like wow you know, it's, I, I can sit down and read it like I had nothing to do with it and just enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's a fun book. Do you guys uh, have another project coming up? Or is that we, still... Well, we were talking about doing something, and then that's, you know, they told us to wait. We're going to find out more at San Diego. So, okay. Yeah, we might. <laughs> but it's one of those things. I better not jump the gun because I, it's, they all, I'll break the spell. Sure. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, you know. But yeah, it, it, the moment, it, it was something else not mysterious. But uh, obviously, I, of course, like you say, I'll, I've got some other mysterious stories that I, I really want to get into, so I can hit the ground running anytime they let me know. I really hope so. It was it, it's it's a great series, and it's one that I really think that's going to have a second life in trade, and and you know that we'll that we'll be here to to promote it as much as we can whenever it comes out, because I think it's one that that people that seems to be the way I yeah. operate anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's, everything like takes a while to sink in, mm-hmm. and then. And then <laughs> It's like, but just once, I'm just, I just want to let you, uh, the, the public and all your podcast listeners know, I could use a nice big fat hit right out of the gate, people. It wouldn't kill me. <laughs> I would totally not look a gift horse in the eye if you decided, hey, let's make this a number one right <laughs> as soon as it comes out in, in, instead of letting it build up over time. Well, that, you, that, that's ha- something I would object to. Well, you just have to start right next, man. Uh, oh, you yes. already did that! Damn! Yes, sir. What's Excellent. wrong with you? And, and honestly, <laughs> as someone who hates the X-Men, the most accessible X-Men book in the last 20 years. First Class is... I love First Class. They're, they, they are wonderful stories and completely clutter and continuity-free, yeah. and you can just go back and enjoy the original core cast and, and their original purpose and they're, they are fun stories. They are good. Another complaint is, where are the books for the... You've got the kid books. The tweeners. The little, yes, yeah, the and tweeners. where are the books for the tweeners? X-Men First Class, perfect example of that. It's a great... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff, I was going to say that uh, your entire life is going to change now that you're on Around Comics, and starting Monday, uh, it's, it's like the money <laughs> yeah, bag is going to start pouring in, the red carpet everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is it. this July 4th weekend, and then sweet. That's it. This is your defining moment. So, yeah, get... Let this be the last two days of your old life. I must acknowledge yeah. that the uh, the word balloon inter- the the word balloon interview we did was on the uh, most recommended. Uh, it was on top of the newsarama list for two weeks as most recommended uh, item on the newsarama yeah. site. So we're, we must be doing something right, Jeff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah but- I, I, I see people. It's like I, I think they just like it because John and I uh, uh, will will just turn into two drunks at a bar babbling. Remember that TV and, and, show? And that's what people like to hear. <laughs> well, I, we, I like to hear, like, I was listening to you talking to Dan Slott the other day. I was really enjoying that. Oh, thanks, man. He's, He's awesome. Funny. And, I'm st- and I'm still, like, I'm, I, I listen to him on my, I, I, I put him on my iPod, and then when I'm riding home on my bike, I, cool. I'll listen to him. And since they get kind of long, I don't finish them in one thing. Like, right now, I'm listening to the Jerry Conway awesome. interview. Awesome. 
yeah, no, that's that's the idea. Take your time and enjoy things like mm-hmm. around comics as well. I mean, that's that's the beauty of podcasts, man. Yeah, I, I love podcasts. God, I would have killed for this uh, years ago when like I was always wanting to know more about how comics worked and, mm-hmm. and what it was like behind the scenes. If I had been able to, you know, just get sound files to if if there had been anything to listen to them on, you know, that would have just been incredible. <laughs> well, no, sir, I, I think about, you know, one of my one of my big regrets is that we just started getting into this show when Will Eisner passed away. Yeah. I would have loved oh, yeah. to have talked to Will yeah. Eisner. And I, I met him two years before I started doing Word Balloon. Yeah, and, I know and, what you mean. And to think if, if this, and I know that there were some radio programs, there was one in New York, and there were a few of those that were around. Enough said, and but, Hour of the Wolf in, in L.A. But to have had this stuff accessible for, for me as a comic book fan whenever I was 14, 15 years old and, you know, coming up and reading like the old Burn Claremont stuff to be able oh, to, sure. to have access to that stuff or be an aspiring artist and be able to listen to a guy like Joe Kubert talk about the process of, of creating content would have been awesome. So, you know, I hope that we have listeners out there. Well, get Kubert on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, we still can. Got to get senior, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. uh, he, no, he's got tons of good stuff. The only, the only bad thing is the fact that he's, he's such a gentleman, you know, and he won't tell tales out of school. And you know he's got some good ones. He oh, has, man, he's oh. got He to. worked for every yeah. studio yeah. going back to Iger uh, I, or Eisner and uh, was it Jerry Iger? Uh, mm-hmm. Was that his uh, partner? Oh, yeah. Jerry Iger? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, you're right. Uh, another, another guy like that was Gene Colan. And we know that, that Gene had some moments in, in the industry that it didn't bend his way, but never a crossword would that guy say about anybody. Except Not Jim Shooter. Come on, Gene, you outlived all of them. Come on, tell us some stuff. Come on, please. <laughs> yeah, just, you just always want somebody to just... Just to unload, you know. Yeah, how about you? How about you, Parker? Burn some bridges, buddy. Who you got? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's torqued you off, pal? This is this is the whole point of having the last word. You get the last word. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to think of who who would be some other good guys like that to get. You know, we we talked to Burn, and he was interesting. He had some uh-huh. he, he had some he had some interesting moments, and I bet he did. Yeah. I had Neil Adams, and Neil Adams uh, wasn't afraid to uh, you know point out a few people that didn't uh, oh, no, yeah. agree with you know, He's a bull in a china shop. There's no way. You yeah. can't stop him from doing it. Actually, actually, on Burn, and it may not have been on our show, but he he had uh, uh, someone had brought up X Men uh, First Class, and he's like, "Yeah, wish they would have uh, maybe tried that before." Oh, they did X Men: The Hidden Years. And he <laughs> was, <laughs> that's the great thing about John—he doesn't hold a grudge. Yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man Chapter One about Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. And I went. At, uh, I remember at the time when 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 the when the book was announced, and uh, yeah. It, Everything uh, that, of course, became a, a big thing on on the burn forum, mm-hmm. and uh, so everybody's talking about it. they're they're railing on it, and uh, somebody told me about it, so I went in there and looked, and uh, and I thought, okay, everybody's working under some misconceptions. You know, it's like it it wasn't it wasn't like a turnaround where Joe Casada said, now we're going to do this, blah blah blah. It, it actually started with one of the VPs, uh, David Gabriel, who. Who thought this would be a good jumping-on point for people? Because this, the, the, it, it, and and my editors, Mark Panicia and Nate Cosby, they thought that all together they thought it would be a good jumping-on point for uh, people because you know because of the movies they know the mm-hmm. X Men yeah. or whatever, and you go to the the original five with the school. It's as simple as possible, and um, you know they had a variety of reasons they brought it up and, and got it approved and everything. So it, it really wasn't a rebuking of uh, Hidden Years or anything like that. It wasn't even 
Yeah, they weren't even considered together. No, it was more. Uh, it was more of a case of, of right time, right place, and that was the time to, to yeah, get a book it, it like really that out. Was yeah, that. and uh, and I wanted to explain that, but uh, on, on the book form they have a thing where you got to register, and then you got 24 hours before you can post something. So you can't, which probably is a good idea, because you, then you can't just go in there flaming. Yeah. Or whatever. That that'd be all they would be doing <laughs> was be putting out flames and trolls all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I registered for the thing, and I got. Uh, Steve Lieber, who was a member, to uh, pass on my thoughts. I was just saying, so, you know, I just said, well, actually, I was, it, this is the way it was, or whatever. I don't want anybody working with misinformation and stuff. And, you know, we're trying to be respectful to the hidden years, uh, and as well as Stan and Jack stories, blah, 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 or whatever. And Burn crabbed at me about something, or whatever. <laughs> and then by the time my, my, my little membership was approved, I went in. Also, I'd gotten some notices from some of the members saying, "Hey, welcome to the forum and everything. Come on in. We want to ask you questions." And I thought, "Oh, cool. This will be. This is actually going to be nicer than I thought." Uh-huh. And then I went there, and the thread was deleted. <laughs> 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 the thread's deleted, and uh, uh, you know, all that's like, yeah, there's nothing to respond to. They're like, okay. Well, I, I see the way this is going to be, so... Yeah. You've been maybe, removed maybe just, from uh, history, buddy. not pay any attention to this and go do my job. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, when we talked with him, he was actually... I was still loving yeah. it. Whatever, whatever he's like now, I was a huge fan of John Brown oh, yeah. as a kid. Yeah. When, and, uh, when, when, you know, we, the, oh, man, he totally had me on uh, when he, his run on Fantastic Four. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we talked with him, and he was he was fantastic to talk with. We had a great time, and, and I think that the Internet persona sometimes overpowers the, the you know, the measure of the man, So which happens mm-hmm. with a lot of us. So Yeah, he uh, should do his message board in audio form. He'd become a lot better. <laughs> that would be something. He'd yeah. be charged for that. I would pay. Nice, nice. Um, I got Somebody did a, who was it, was it uh, Shannon Garrity, I think, the other day, did a, a breakdown of some of the, the, the message boards online. Yeah, that was awesome. Kind of, kind of gave you a, a, a nutshell tour through through the message boards and everything. I wish she'd go back and con- continue it. You know, she did like, here's the Newsarama forums. Here's what this is like. Mm-hmm. And everything. It was really funny. It was it was hilarious. But um, uh, real quick on on first class before we let you go here, uh, I think it's great that the that the first class line has been able to expand. Uh, uh, Wolverine first class is is one of my favorite Wolverine titles. It's actually the only yeah. one I buy monthly, and it's great to see guys like Fred Van Lenny get a chance to to tell just fun out of continuity or kind of you know s- s- mixed into old continuity without without having to really be concerned about you know what what color rain is. Following Going on who right now, and uh, <laughs> it's a tough line to work, work though because what, what you don't see is Fred or me having to. You're still having to dodge a whole lot of stuff so that mm-hmm. it can be counted as in continuity, but you're not touching it. Yeah, you're walking between the raindrops. <laughs> yes, the raindrops thing, and yeah. it's uh, it's hard to walk between raindrops unless you're a Shaolin monk. It, it's really tough. Well, and you guys, it, yeah, do a lot good of job. the stories, I think Fred will say the same thing people think, oh, I like the way you, this is very pared down and simple, but in fact, it was much harder for me to write than like Agents of Atlas. Hmm, interesting. My, my natural tendency is to go very, try to go complex and put a lot of layers in something. And uh, to actually strip something down is a little harder for me. Uh, I'm sure that the research involved in, it's like, okay, where can this fit in and what exactly is going on at that time yeah, had to be kind of... And the, the mm-hmm. X-Fans don't make it easy. Uh, <laughs> they're always... Well, obviously they did not have the Blackbird at this moment in time. They could not have been flying in that. They always used a rental from the airport. It, uh, I know, it's too easy to do comic book guy, but 
God, that nice that voice just works perfectly. Yes, exactly. it does. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Mr. Parker, we want to remind people to be on the lookout for Underground shipping in September. Pre-order yeah, now. Tell, if tell you do your that. retailers you can. Mm-hmm. It's actually ordering right now. In fact, they're about to close up the September orders. So oh, there you, you want to just uh, kind of uh, elbow somebody and or give them a candy bar and tell them to grab a couple extra of those. That would be sweet. Oh, Patrick's waving at us. All right. I, no, oh, like, uh, give me some candy bars. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, he's, he's hungry. Yeah, right. he's got we've got, uh, Jeff, we've got three weeks before orders are due for that, so there's plenty of time for people to hear this and to oh, really? get to their store and let them know what they want. Yeah, well, He's a, yeah. he's oh, a dealer. Okay. He knows. See, uh, that's me jumping the gun. Well, yes. better, better, better early than never. So I'd say, I'd, say, I'd say listeners out there that were fans of Whiteout or fans of any of Jeff Parker's work should uh, just go and, and tell, your, uh, tell your LCS owner that you want that whenever it comes out and, uh, and get that get that sucker ordered. And don't worry, Chicago listeners. It is intended to be one of those gateway comics for the normal person. Sure. You know, you always have your your mate or your relatives or friends who don't read comics, and you know they would probably like them. But you're like, well, I can't give them this because they don't know the whole backstory of Spider-Man or blah, blah, blah. It will be one of those that need no further introduction other than what it is. They'll be able to pick right up on it and get into it. Great. I'm looking forward to let my wife read it. Sounds like something that she would that she would enjoy. Yeah, your wife will like it. I guarantee it. Well, that, that, that's not all she likes. That, that's a tough. <laughs> that's a tougher sale than than you may think, Mr. Parker. But, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. No way, man. Uh, women really like Enderman. Okay. All right. There you go. It, all right. It totally worked. I, I like call it, me a feminist, man. Like a boy book. Uh, <laughs> not in the sense of a boy band, but you know. Uh, well, see, she does like boy bands, so. Yeah. It's very much, all my stuff is the boy band of comics. That's okay. what I do. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Mysterious just wrapped up, but look for the trade coming out in February. You've got Agents of Atlas, uh, even more than monthly, and the new Exiles that is recently launched. So you are a busy man and uh, and keeping comics fun. Did I? That, I know you Dark got, Rain the Hood Dark, as well. Dark Rain the Hood. What so. else are we missing, yeah, Jeff? Oh, yeah, is that it? Yeah, uh, got, buy all those, please. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> Buy all those, and, and like well, I said, you. Yeah, you're, thanks for having me on, man. You're welcome back anytime, and uh, and we'll try and uh, we'll try and rope you into coming out to Chicago one of these days, and uh, and and having a couple beers with you, and uh, and we definitely want to want to talk with you again. But uh, thanks for thanks for all the entertaining comics, and uh, and we'll be reading them, uh, you know, more than monthly. It looks like. All right, sounds great. All right, well, Jeff. Thank you very much. You have a, a great rest of your weekend and and Fourth of July weekend, and we'll catch yeah, up with you soon. All right, Yay. man. Thanks, Jeff. Woo! Thanks, America. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, man. You won't even let me through. And I want to be happy. And I only want you. If you think that I'm crazy, I'm just crazy about you. All right, I want to thank uh, Mr. Jeff Parker. Seriously, a, a, a guy that uh, a guy that we've been meaning to talk to for a long time, just never had, and and now I'm I'm disappointed that we hadn't he, before. What a great guest! He was among the first wave of word balloon guests when I first started in 2005, like June of 2005. So I can, I, I, can pretty awesome. much, I can pretty much guarantee that you will be uh, hearing more from uh, Jeff Parker in the future. Yeah, he was great, a great guy. Great he guest. was a, he had a lot of good information. Good part. He was uh, yeah. 
Yep, good? Good guy. so hopefully we can uh, we can bring him into uh, to Chicago one of these days and and have him in person. Which uh, uh, speaking of bringing people into Chicago on Saturday, September nineteenth is the Windy City Comic Con, and uh, you should know all about that by now. Go to uh, www.windycitycomiccon.com for uh, more details. And we have a little announcement about that. We have uh, yet another guest. One of the things that challengers like so much about the Windy City Comic Con and working with you guys, getting this all worked out and everything, and uh, it's just fun to be a part of it and. We are very happy to announce that we are bringing a guest to the show, um, Marvel Comics writer of Nomad, Mr. Sean McKeever, Yay. is coming to the Windy City Comic Con. He'll be signing at our booth. He'll be set up at the Challenger. But booth. more importantly, he's coming to the Windy City Comic Con. Yeah. So thank you for helping us put that together. Our pleasure. And uh, and thanks for Sean for uh, for finally deciding to come. Finally. Good Lord. Uh, no, we we love Sean and and love his work, and it's gonna be it's gonna be great to add him to the list of uh, almost eighty guests. Wow! Now. And this is the new Nomad, Ricky Barnes. Yeah, and it'll have come out right then, like the week before the the Comic Con. Excellent. So it's a perfect wow. Nomad girl without a. World or something. I don't yeah, know got a tease of her in uh, the Captain America 600 edition. Yeah. Of course, she's a big part of the Heroes Reborn series and Onslaught Reborn. There yep. you go. So uh, nice. the further adventures of Ricky Barnes. We have so, a couple, a couple other time. guests uh, in addition to that that we'll be announcing uh, about the time that this episode comes out. Uh, Christian Alame, who is nice. the uh, the inker for uh, um, Green Lantern, all of uh, uh, Doug Monkey's Green Lantern, Doug, yeah. Doug Monkey stuff. He did the Superman Beyond, mm-hmm. uh, Final Crisis Superman Beyond. Yep. Ooh, that was good. Were, so, you, yeah. were you there with us when we ran into that? Dude at the yeah at the, yeah. At the C2E2, C2E2 launch thing. party yeah. Yeah, absolutely and, we actually uh, uh, we got him mm-hmm. signing here on Wednesday for Greenlander 43 yep so nice. uh, so come in this Wednesday to Challengers oh, and and that's meet, great. meet Christian in person he's a very nice guy and a fantastic artist in his own right for uh, a man a from Paris he speaks way better English than I do uh, he lived in New York for a long time uh, so uh, yes he is he is French but. Uh, um, he's one of the a, cool he, French dudes. He's one of the cool French guys, and he's lived in the States for a long time. Does not actually wear a beret. Kisses no. so well, too. <laughs> man, can that man make sweet love. Yeah. Fantastic inker, fantastic artist Hands in his own so right. Soft. And uh, <laughs> one of one of Christian's friends, who is also a, a phenomenal inker and a phenomenal artist in his own right, uh, Mr. Tom Nguyen, will be here uh, for the Windy City Con. Also known well. for his work on Doug Mackey, so yep. there you go. Yep, so they'll they'll have war stories about uh, inking over Doug Mackey stuff. Inking over the Greek guy. That dude's muscles, Tom Wynn. That guy is crazy. Oh. Like, I, he's he's bench pressing uh, models as he's inking at the same time. I've, heard, I've, I've heard that monkey is is just crazy big. Just a, he's got veins just, like Simon Beasley. That fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, uh, Tom has a great uh, inking DVD. He's got out, and I'm sure he'll be bringing some oh, on no the kidding. show. But it's it's because he's got. Uh, all these pinup models assisting him the whole time. It's fantastic. Nice. It's, you know, it's half a burlesque video and half comic art. That's very That's cool. That's very I would, smart. I would watch that. Uh, exactly. I, I actually say. got to know and talk to him at uh, in Rosemont after the uh, Wizard World show a few years ago. There was a glamour con, and he was set up because he does all this pinup art that we never get to see in the comics industry. And I just I walk by, I'm like. Wait, really? What? Because I had no idea why he would be there. Like, do you, do you have any any uh, comic art? He's like, at a glamour con. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> and that will be ching ching ching. So, yeah, I bought some on the spot. Yeah, very 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 cool, very cool guy. Um, glad to uh, expand the base of of creators. So Tom is uh, is coming in and, from Minneapolis. He still counts as Midwest. Yeah, that's he, still, he's still that, Midwest. That, that, 
qualifies as Chicago in my book. Yeah, not, not that not that we limit it. We've got uh, Jeff Lemire coming in from Toronto uh, with uh, Jay Torres, also I think a Torontonian, and uh, uh, Chris Moreno and Robbie Rodriguez coming from LA. from the left coast, nice. uh, along with uh, Pat Wojka. So. <laughs> the left coast. It is to the left. Oh shit! It's going to be a great show. It's going to be fantastic. I'm just cracking, burn them up. Um, we, uh, we'll be doing expand the, the, the base. Maybe laugh. Expand the base. <laughs> think about it. We'll be doing the, the pre-party at Challengers the day Howdy before mind. the show. Mm-hmm. With, uh, With as many oh, guests as we can get. Yeah, Claymore and, uh, and a bunch of the, the oh, Kansas is City. Clay fucking showing up. Clay's oh, yeah. coming. Jeremy's I'm, coming. Tony's I'm coming. Out. Seth is coming. Out. I'm Cl- leaving town that weekend. Clay, man. Clay is bringing a. Busload of Kansas City writers and, and artists. Honestly, God, busload of writers and artists. Yeah, it's going to be a it's yeah. a, a bus a bus signing tour. I think they're going to stop in St. Louis on Thursday, and uh, and then make their way up to Chicago. Uh, Alex Grecian from Proof and uh, Jeremy Hahn, who still needs to send me an email and confirm so I can put him on the uh, site. I'll be doing that. I'll, uh, I'll be I'll take care of that. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> every now and then I got a butt, and he's like, I, 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 I don't talk like that. And, uh, I just want to point that. <laughs> so it's going to be a very fun oh, time shit. so check that out um, alright oh, more stuff shit. coming up at Challengers on uh, July 17th Dave McKean July, will be here. Thursday July 16th oh, we 16th, have okay. Dave McKean well known mm-hmm. Sandman cover artist vertical cover artist uh, amazing painter he's in town that weekend to do an exhibition of his uh, new, his mm-hmm. new paintings inspired by silent cinema over at the Portage Theater, he's going to be displaying uh, artwork. He's going to be showing silent movies he wrote and directed. He's going to be showing Mirror Mask. It's going to be a whole bunch of stuff there. The Thursday before that, 6 o'clock, we're going to have him here at Challengers from 6 to 8. There Great. are so many reasons to plan weekends to come to Chicago oh, this summer. Yeah. And, yeah, this one, honestly, this McKean thing is going to be very, very cool. Yeah. And also the Portage Theater, if, if you don't know. Beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. Be redone. It, yes, and, 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 it's, and it's the reason the, why it was remodeled. It's the biograph in uh, Public Enemies with yeah. Johnny Depp and Christian Bale. The interiors were remodeled. Uh, to make it look like the old biograph as opposed to actually remodeling the old biograph. <laughs> they decided to do it to the porch, which is great because we used to go there when XRT, uh, when I worked at WXRT. Yeah. It was in the neighborhood, and it was a pit. And it's so nice that they, they took a moment to really restore this theater because it's awesome. a wonderful old nice. theater. Six Corners, uh, Milwaukee. We're Milwaukee, Irving Park, and Cicero interconnect. It's on Milwaukee, though. Great old classic theater yes, in, in Chicago. Absolutely beautiful. Worth worth the trip, even if Dave McKeon wasn't there. Wasn't coming. I, I agree. That, that's I agree. But reason. he is. All right. Um, uh, actually, Mr. Parker uh, mentioned the Hero Initiative. He's going to be at the Mini MegaCon, so we are always proud to help support the Hero Initiative. Uh, for more information, go to www.heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809 and remember to give back to the people that have given us so much enjoyment. Chris Burnham is going to be doing the art. On, he's going to be following uh, Fraser Irving on... Forgotten Man number two. It's uh, Days Missing. Uh, days Missing number two. <laughs> Forgotten Man. Days from, Missing. Is that from uh, from uh, Archaea? Days Very missing cool. Number Congratulations. Two. And yeah, Dave Hine wrote the script. Uh, Dave Hine wow. Wrote Strange Embrace. The guy's not screwing around. And yeah, uh, or uh, Spawn. Oh, there you go. Mutinex. Well, if I were 13 years old, I'd be more excited about that. Mutopia <laughs> and uh, David Hine also. Mutopia yep. Yep. and uh, Spawn, of course. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah, right. And uh, I think I did a pretty good job with the scribbles, but the colors by this girl, Lizzie John, she's going all out with a with a painted sort of thing. Is this your new Nathan Fairbairn? Hey, Nathan Fairbairn, asshole, won't even return my fucking emails anymore. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I, I don't know call if I out. fucked his wife or anything, but he's he's not <laughs> returning. Uh, 
Nathan Fairbairn will always be my Nathan Fairbairn, but Lizzie John is doing this painted stuff, or it looks it looks like we collectively are European. So if she's painting, are you just penciling type pencils? So you... I'm I'm going full inks, and then she's painting over it and leaving, like she's leaving the the line work there, but it looks kind of like brush strokes, and then on each figure she leaves the outline, so it separates out a little bit. It ends up looking like uh. Fuck! What the hell's it? I I can't come up with the guy's name, but it ends up looking like well, like twenties like twenties cool. out artwork. It really, oh, very it cool, looks, man! It looks it looks way better. And this than, will be uh, September. Was, uh, September, yeah. It looks, are, are you done with it amazing. yet? I uh, just finished page sixteen, so yeah, my deadline's like a week and a half. Yeah, nice. fine. Cool. Excellent. Have fun. All right, we'll talk about that more next week if you're going to stick around. Uh, I uh, I may if you ask nicely. Chris, will you stick around for the next no. episode? Uh, yeah. I'm out. Please. Oh, I will. Well, you've got some up dog on your shoulder there. What's up, dog? <laughs> up dog. I love learning. I, I learned so much as a, a man in his 40s now from oh. children. Can we, can we just end this week, man? Okay. Check out Tom vs. The Flash. Check out uh, 11 O'Clock Comics, The League of Nobodies, Word Balloon, <laughs> of course. If you're in the Chicago area, check out our favorite comic book stores, Challengers Comics Conversation, and Woo! Dark Tower Comics, and Collectibles. I'd like to thank everyone for uh, being here, I think, except for Burnham. Mr. John Centris, Mr. You. Patrick Brower, uh, Jeff, Par- Jeff Parker, of course, for talking with us, and yeah, Mr. Chris Burnham. Everyone, uh, thank you for understanding while we were on that uh, quick one-week hiatus. We are back on a regular schedule now. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and, and around, around comics. comics. I didn't know you were ready with that. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, dog? Oh, oh shit! Nothing. What's up with you? Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production. Copyright 2009.